On this week's episode of the We've Seen That Podcast, we're talking about Spider-Man. I'm Scott. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jim. we are back and by we i mean us all again the three amigos the boys um as as you guys are aware uh i have officially run out of excuses um i (laughs) i think from here on out i'm kind of screwed if i can't make a podcast but uh full disclosure this time period of my life i can easily say has been the absolute wildest time of my life. So I will do my best to make every episode from here on. Um, and I can, I can just I can tell you boys that no matter how many I missed to, to have everything go the way that it did this weekend and to get married, it, it was completely worth it. So I'm sorry to, to disappoint the 50,000 fans, but I, I'm going to be honest, I'd do it again. So... <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, if they could have been there, I'm sure they all would have been at your wedding, but I mean, that would have been a little bit much, I feel like. I thought about it. I thought about inviting the email list, but also, I mean, like, I, you know, I only have so much time for autographs that, you know, we probably would have probably would have ran on a tight schedule and, you know, there's a lot of a lot of fluff we didn't need, you know. Well, and the yeah. podcast is already free and now they want free food, too. Absurd and drinks, uh, unreal. Um, a little advice for all of you in the future: planning a wedding is fun. I bet that's it. There's your <laughs> that's advice. You're gonna leave us with. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, I, I, I obviously I've, I gave her a shout out at the wedding, but as as much as I may sound like I was stressed, take that times it by a thousand, and that's what Cassie had to deal with because she basically did everything. So shout out to my wife. Cassandra Holmquist now also not legally Holmquist yet we're still working on that uh, marriage license but you know we're getting there we're getting there so the paperwork nice. takes some time to settle the important uh, stuff was this weekend that's correct that's correct and and uh, we do have an official podcast picture now uh, we also got yep. one with with a recurring guest and borderline co-host Adam um, I don't know if I can even call him a recurring guest because he might call me a recurring <laughs> guest at this point <laughs> so um, I'm not sure he'd even give you recurring. Uh, yeah. Um, and and one other thing, uh, we got one gift um, from Cassie's friend Mitch, and I just want to give him a shout-out because it was a movie-themed gift, and he said the only thing that he would require is a shout-out on the number one movie podcast on the planet. Uh, oh. Those were not his words. I added those, but he did <laughs> want a shout-out on the podcast. So, Mitch, here's your shout-out don't think you're listening but i hope you are hey mitch thanks for being a fan yeah thanks boy yeah so guys you know it's been a while but i think i'm ready to get right into this so do we want to get right into what we're watching yeah we do can i start with can i start with a fun story are you guys ready for this 
Sure. Okay, so two weeks ago, um, Cassandra and I are are right at, are right towards the end of our wedding planning, and uh, our neighbors invited us over for some beers, and I was like, you know, why not? I had asked Cassie that weekend if we could go see A Quiet Place too. I ended up having probably six to seven beers at the neighbor's house. He brews his own, and they're 8%. So I was blitzed. And and so Cassie hits me at like 10 o'clock with let's go see A Quiet Place 2, and I am like jumping for joy, excited. So we get there. I drunkenly order the number one at Marcus, 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 the super combo, and uh, oh my God, it... I think I blacked out in that movie. <laughs> Do you remember anything from it? Um, you know, I remember it being pretty good. Um, I remember, like, I stared at Cassie like, it's over? Like, I was so shocked because it was the fastest moving movie ever. Um, but I do remember there was not much of a plot. Not much happened. Um, it was definitely a filler, and I think you guys are going to agree with that. It was a fun movie. Um, suspenseful the entire time, but like I said, I may have blacked out forty minutes into it. So I woke up. Well, they up. did confirm it was going to be a trilogy. So if it was a little filler, that wouldn't be surprising. I I promise you, there was barely any dialogue, and I mean, obviously these movies aren't made for their dialogue. Um, but it it was still fun, I think. Um, but first time, I think ever I've been drunk in a movie theater. So there's a. Let's cross that off the list because, God forbid, that's not going to be the last, you know. Um, and, and honestly, that might be my new thing, but I want to pick worse movies instead of that because I, I, I would have liked to remember it more. But <laughs> Right? But just go see, like, a B movie. Yeah. Just absolutely, absolutely. belligerent. Well, and, be a good and the thing is, when I woke up, the popcorn was gone. We downed a large, and I can never do that. So, um yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, my other what we're watching is reruns of Survivor. Cassie and I have been hooked on a couple seasons of Survivor, and you know I am just I just love that show. It's like the I think it's the only realistic show that exists anymore. I think like that's a pretty safe bet. Like they're not faking much of it. I hope I don't know. Um, and I just have a man crush on Jeff Probst too. So. <laughs> So, yeah. He's a rugged remember, man. Yeah. I remember being super into, like, some of the earlier seasons. We used to watch it all the time. It's still good, Anthony. It's still the same um, kind of feel that those first seasons had, uh, it, and it really doesn't change. Like, that's the fun thing about it is the game is the same, but everything, all the strategy play, it's just so much fun to watch. So those are my two what we're watching. I snuck in a movie, but it was uh, on very odd circumstances, and Cassie's words were, well, I don't want to see it tomorrow, so let's go see it tonight. So she was really thrilled to go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So Jim, let's... see now we used to watch. Oh shit! I'm still talking Survivor for half. Go a ahead. Go ahead. We we used to watch it, and I quit that show the day that someone without any clues showed up on the island on day one and found the hidden immunity idol. I was well, like, I'm done with this because they know it's there. It's no longer a thrill, and there was like fucking three of them. And, you know, that does happen now, um, and something I wish that they would do is not show you who gets the Hidden Immunity Idol, because then if it got played, it's fucking awesome. You're just like, oh right. shit, they have it, and they do a montage then of like how they got it. It'd be sweet. It's like the end scene of Awe. You're like, what? 
holy shit. But no. What I really want is for them to not even have one, just the entire season. And then at the end of the season, there's a montage of people fucking looking <laughs> Okay, for that'd be it. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, just like, it's gotta be around here somewhere, and Jeff's just like, those fuckers. You have no idea. But, alright, Jim, let's get to you. I, I saw a few things on your list that intrigued me, so go ahead. Well, the first thing we, Angie and I watched was Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. I was actually surprisingly high on this movie. I nice. thought it was a lot of fun. Um, apparently incredibly sensationalized from the real story. Like, And I don't want to get too much into spoilers because I know that both of you will watch it at one point or another. But there's an entire subplot that just didn't happen in real life, which, whatever. Why it's not? a movie. Yeah. But I think it improved the overall story by a lot. Um, they went with, and this was in the trailer, so they kind of went with like this witch's totem thing as opposed to straight-up ghosts the entire time, and I thought that was a huge improvement as well. Um, because, you know, we've kind of had consistently, like, haunted items as opposed to uh, this whole witch idea, and I thought that was fun and interesting. So I really liked it. Um, end up giving it an 8 out of 10, Ooh. which is... that It's pretty high. It was not as scary as prior ones. Um, this gets points mostly because it had a better story, I think, than some of the prior ones in terms of, like, doing something different, even if it was less scary. I like it. I'll probably be watching it here within the next week or so. Well, yeah, and you got only two more weeks now before yeah. it's off HBO unless you're going to go see it in theater. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the other thing we watched is, or well, I watched, is Loki. Have either of you guys seen it yet? Uh-uh. No, but are you going to shit on me if I say all I've heard is good things so far Same. about it? No, I'm not going to shit on you. Okay. Well, I'll give you my initial reaction, and I thought it was pretty good. Mm. So let's call that a six to seven for the first episode. Um, there was a decent reveal at the end that I thought was kind of fun, um, and we'll discuss more next week after you guys watch it. No post credit yeah. scene, so don't go looking for it. Cool. Excellent. I was, if I would have had the time, I definitely would have watched it. But I figured, you know, I knew Jim would probably watch it. Scott, I wasn't so sure. So we'll probably have to talk about it. Yeah. Next time. No, I I haven't really been I haven't really been great about watching anything. I'm kind of back now, though. That's the good thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll, I'll I'll have some content for this podcast that I helped create. Yeah, we we're looking to forward it. to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so are you intending to watch it then too, Scott? Yeah, no, I like. Oh, okay. Legit, okay. I I do not like the life of not being able to watch things that I want oh, to. No. Um. So no, I do intend to watch. Um. Because I can give up. What is it? Thirty minutes a week? Something like that. Uh, it was fifty-two minutes. First, the first one was episode. fifty. Okay, now we're pushing it. <laughs> now you're pushing Jeez. it. Jeez. <laughs> All right. No, I can handle that. Yeah. It says the guy who right now isn't that. working any Fridays. Um. Confirm true, uh, but also I have a lawn now, so you know I. Oh, like so Friday's lawn. Day. How big your, is your lawn? It's not that big. It probably takes an hour. Come on, bud. Well, I'm sorry that not everybody can be rich and live in the the palisades like you, Jim. Takes me an hour to mow the lawn. I just did it last night. That's what I said. I just told you mine takes an hour. So what are we, what are we having a pissing contest? So my point here? is you can still watch Loki. I probably can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just on my days off, like. I think Cassie does the classic, like, what are you going to do today? And that's fair, because I, if I could, I'd do absolutely nothing. So, um, yeah. you know, she, she kind of, 
she kind of sets the precedent for me to actually clean shit up around the house, which, like I said, is fair. So I can squeeze it she's in. She's got to leave you a honey-do list is what she's saying. Honestly, yeah. Like, and it's fair because, like I just said, I probably wouldn't do anything. So just <laughs> anyway. All right, Jim, was that all you had? Yep, that's what I got. All right, Anthony, what do you got? Well, clearly Scott did not look at the outline because nope. he would have seen that I definitely went to A Quiet Place 2 oh! in the theater as well Were you this blacked week. out too? I was not blacked <laughs> out. Unfortunately, I wish we would have had that sort of telepathic you know, connection. Um, we probably could have gelled together through the, the ether of our minds trying to watch the movie. Um, no, I thought it was pretty good. There's a couple really awesome, like scenes well not awesome i guess but like one in particular with the kid and some sort of foot issue mm, i don't know mm, if you remember that I Scott. Do. that was pretty yeah. pretty brutal um but i do like how you know obviously at the end of the first one we find out that they kind of have a way of beating them yeah but i like how that wasn't like overpowered and that it was like super easy throughout this movie at least until reinstated like, you know, in the end yeah. later yeah. but um, but yeah, no, I thought it was really solid. Jim, if you watch it, you'll probably get the same vibe I have as like a Last of Us vibe. Yeah. Oh you know yeah. What I mean, yeah. That the um, the trailer I saw screams Last of Us. Yeah. How yeah. how awesome was that opening scene though? I think that was my favorite part of the movie. The intro was it great. Was phenomenal. Fantastic. Like just spoil it for to, me. What happened? It's it's the start. You know? It's the start yeah, of the me. whole thing. Like it's the. St- they basically show yeah like day one. It's very cool. Oh, like from like before the first movie. So Krasinski's right. still in okay. It. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's... And they're at like a baseball game. And spoiler alert for anybody who's listening to this and has not seen the movie yet. Spoiler, spoilers. Please turn off for ten minutes and then jump back on, please. Um, yeah, they're basically at a baseball game, like a youth, and they see a little bit later. They're like running through the streets and the things just start showing up, killing people all over the right. fucking place. Right. Awesome. Yeah. So, so, so that's pretty much confirmation that they're aliens because we didn't get that confirmation yeah, last time. Yeah. And I know right. I read that they were aliens. Yeah. But it's still, that's as far as you get for any sort of like where they came from or how, you know, how they got there. It's just basically you see an asteroid strike down in the background and you know, you just assume that's where they came from. I kind of like that because, you know, obviously with the world in shambles, the way it was, no one is going out to space to figure out where they came from. Um, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but the feel is that they're not trying to figure out where they came from. No. It's much more of a focus on survival. Exactly. And I like that yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Right. It and it's also not just... a focus on quote unquote winning because yeah. you never will. The whole thing is about survival and it just focuses basically on the people. There's no like military aspect to it whatsoever. A tiny bit. They talk about it a little bit in this one um, at a certain location, but. Yeah, it was that. it was good. I'd probably, of course you did. <laughs> I'd probably give it like an eight. I, was I think eight. I liked the first one better. Yeah. Um, but I I'm not saying I'd rate the first one higher than an eight either. I think they're pretty similar. But yeah, it was good. I think a brisk like hour and thirty seven minutes. I think it was. So felt like 40. I love the solid ninety to hundred minutes. Yeah, that that was horror. perfect for that movie. It's fast. You know? And like I said, I may have blacked out a portion of it, but I really do think it was a pretty quick movie. Like the ending, I think you're kind of like, oh, that's it. Okay, like fine. It, it's a good ending, but. Um, I, I'm surprised at how high it's scoring. Like, I think it's good, but I don't think it's that good. Like, 
96 audience and 95 for Rotten Tomatoes. Isn't I mean is that a little high, Anthony? Like I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be riding the reputation of the last 100%. one, to one degree or another. 100% it is. Right, and people getting back to theaters, you know, yeah. they might be just yeah. a little overexcited. But it was good, don't get me wrong, I would definitely see it again. But, yeah. you know, I, it was solid, very solid. I really love, I, I've been to the theaters twice now since reopen here. It feels so fucking awesome. Like, I can't say it enough, Marcus, <laughs> Marcus, Mark. Like, it's just this is what we make this podcast for like this is what we fucking live for and it's just so great to be back because i don't know it, an indescribable feeling even when you're blackout drunk like ordering that popcorn getting that soda fuck yeah let's go love it yeah, <laughs> yeah oh absolutely. you're a soda guy i'm always going for the the coca-cola icy oh why see i'm why I'm a cherry Pepsi guy, Jim, and I don't drink it anywhere besides the anywhere other than the theater. So Seriously, hard in the theater. that's the only place I get it's it. It's so good. That big it, salty popcorn and the fucking cherry Pepsi is like the combo to kill and for then, when I go. And always the big when, thing with the icy though is I always get myself brain freeze every oh. single time because I, I sit there in the <laughs> fucking wait. previews like fucking yeah. slurping it down. The other thing with that is I eat all that, drink all that, and then have the loudest burps walking out of the movie theater it's like outrageously <laughs> bad like yeah it, it's just so much it's yeah so um but yeah it's just great to be back in the theater um everything seems to be opening up again just great time in the world right now so absolutely yeah. oh it sounds crisp <laughs> it sounds good we are back with the hype horn best segment of the week uh, well, no, I mean, probably the review, I, I, you still gotta love Depends that. on the movie. The entire podcast this one's is gonna the be best great. segment of my week. Yeah. All right, I do, I, there are some fun ones on the high porn, so Jim, take her away. Okay, first one, and this is, unfortunately, a week late, Wedding Crashers 2 supposedly has a script somewhere, but Owen Wilson says it's not happening soon. You like know, it's beyond early development. It's odd that it just got released the weekend after my wedding. Did oh, I was saying the weekend after we did uh, uh, Wedding Crashers on the pod. Is but yeah, that too. There, did they maybe film it there? I don't know. You know, <laughs> I could see got it. Some, I could. They got some footage. I, I mean, it Going for jackass style, real world this time. Nobody got too wild at my wedding. Um, aside from Dalton, I'm going to call you out right now. If you are listening out there, you were blacked. Just just so you know. Um, I, don't think, Scott. I don't think he's listening, but... I gotta do a shout out, a quick shout out to Trent. Did you know that he sat in the lobby of my hotel waiting for me Heard for twenty five minutes? Anthony, so Anthony and Trent like ganged up into this odd friendship this weekend, and Trent wanted to go to the bars on was it Friday? Well, we just kind of tossing around, but then like the night of your wedding, we were drinking, and of course me, you know, I'm a. I'm a people's guy. When I'm hammered, you know, I'm just like making all sorts of guarantees and promises. And he's talking about hitting up the local Appleton bars or whatever yeah. after your wedding. When we get back to the hotel, I'm like, ah, dude, all in. And I got to the hotel and I just went up to my room and ordered a pizza. Yep. And then he didn't have my number. Thank God. Yeah. Sorry, Trent. But he guess he called he called your brother like eight times oh, trying God. to get a hold of us. And like <laughs> he just sat in the lobby felt bad for him when he told me that the next day but at the same time man you gotta know i'm just telling you what you want to hear because i'm just gassing just, people up. i'm borderline blackout well but. to put it in perspective i think anthony was drinking for about a 72 hour period 
I mean, that's pretty. That's that's fairly. Accurate, my favorite quote. From he's the, still trying to dry out. He's drinking water tonight instead of beer. My favorite quote from the wedding was Anthony and my brother are. It's the it's my wedding day, and they just decide they go. Aunt, this is my bro. My brother talking to Anthony. He goes, "What if we just like got blackout drunk, but nobody knew?" And I was like. What an idea. And, and uh, it didn't happen. Also, shout out to my brother Rob. Gave an outstanding 16-minute speech at my wedding. And it turns out he had heat stroke like right after that and threw yeah. ice down his back. I had no idea. He just told me this. I had no idea. So props to you, Rob. He, I looked for him because you guys were like starting to do dances. And he's just nowhere to be found. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm kind of standing there. Next thing I know, I see him and he's got like... His shirt unbuttoned, and he's just chucking ice cubes down the back of his shirt. And he's just like, yep, just had heat stroke, ready to go, though. I'm like, what the fuck? Come on, man. He's the only guy I know that would have somehow recovered from that and then ready to drink again. But One of a kind. Yeah. It's I mean, there's definitely the no craft. way. Yeah, there's no way I would have been able to hold it back and act like I'm not drunk. Because as soon as the music started going, I was on the floor yeah. like a savage. Yep. All right, sorry. Didn't rip my pants, though. Sorry, Scott. Big win there. Um, well, win for me. I mean, it's not as much hype for your wedding as okay. it was for Robert's. But That's all right. I'll live with you not showing your ass off to you know, all the new family. <laughs> well, I, at his, it wasn't so bad because he still had COVID rules, so there was like 40 people. But uh, it would have been a little more embarrassing with like 300 people true, here, you know. True, true. <laughs> all right, Jim, sorry to interrupt. Let's start that hype horn. Well, we we did the first one, but this this is all topical. It was oh, wedding fuck, crashers too. Right. That was the yeah. point. <laughs> yep. uh, the next See, thing we have though is a trailer. This is from a uh, Neil Blomkamp, the guy who does District Nine, uh, movie or a trailer. Excuse me for a movie called Demonic. Mm. Um, this is coming out. I want to say later this year, maybe in a month or two. Uh, synopsis is a young woman unleashes terrifying demons when supernatural forces at the root of a decades-old rift between mother and daughter are ruthlessly revealed seems as though she goes into some sort of testing for like a vr game of sorts and that this somehow brings out these supposed demons i thought i thought this looked fucking cool like uh the vr portion of it maybe looked shaky but i think it's a lower budget movie but i still think the idea and the concept of something coming out of a video game is pretty cool yeah, it looked super original, which is exactly what District 9 was, you know? So yeah. I've been waiting for, like, more from Neil Blomkamp this, since, like, 2009 when that movie came out, but it just hasn't worked out for him. So, yeah, this looked really interesting. I couldn't tell, though, if it was going to be, like, a theatrical release because it looks like it's in production with, like, IFC. Ooh, yeah, that's something. a good I saw question. Pop-up, so sure. I didn't know. I didn't know if it was going to be, like, just some sort of, like, executive, like, to stream with them or something if they have i'm sure every, everybody's got their own streaming service nowadays so maybe but who knows if i could see it i'd like to check it out because it did look pretty pretty fucking creepy it's an august 20th release and i'm seeing here on the imdb page for it it says that it was secretly filmed uh during covid19 so n- people didn't really know about it necessarily uh all in canada so hmm. i because i i hadn't heard anything about this the last no. thing we talked about him about was district 10 you know, and all of a sudden right. he's got a trailer out for a new movie. Um, but yeah, so I'm not 100% sure of all the details, but I think it looks fucking sweet. It does. It looks really cool, for sure. Can Scott, you... you'd like it if you ever get around to watching the minute and a half trailer. Uh, yeah, I'll get there. Um, 
Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna throw him under the bus forever. I know. <laughs> I, I just had to do it one that's time. That's all right. Well, we'll do it a second time. The second trailer Scott didn't watch. Mm. Um, is it the new M Night Shyamalan? And Shyamalan. Yeah, <laughs> the new M Night movie. It's called Old. Oh. Um, a thriller about a family on a tropical holiday who discovered that the secluded beach where they are relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. Um, yeah. I think this trailer is good. It gets me hooked on this movie, but I also firmly believe it revealed too much. Um, right. However, I... if we know anything, hopefully in the last 10 minutes of the movie, there's going to be something absolutely fucking nuts that was not in the trailer. Some sort of ridiculous twist, yeah. It stars, God forbid I should know his name because he was awesome, but it was the the boy from Hereditary. Is plays, it now? Is in the movie. Um... um so I'm that looks. Sure. He, I like him. He's great. Uh, he was like the only other person I really recognized in the trailer, though. But yeah, the kids just like are it's playing Alex in the water. Wolf, excuse me, Alex Wolf. Mm-hmm. Kids are just playing in the water. Next thing you know, they are missing, and then the parents go look for him, and they find him, and they're like seventeen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they were like five, like ten minutes ago. So yeah, it looks pretty pretty interesting. For there's sure. one relative relatively disturbing moment in the trailer where. I believe it's the girl, the daughter who was like five, then she turns to be like 17. And suddenly, as more time passes, just her belly expands and she's pregnant. Nine months pregnant. Like about to give birth. Yikes. Yeah, Yeah. it was terrifying to see that, how they animated it. But I think this movie looks sweet. I'm excited about it. I gotta love M. Night. Always. Still waiting for the Signs podcast. It's gonna happen eventually, right? (laughs) It's got to. Has to. Now we have a little bit of sad hype. Elizabeth Olsen has confirmed no WandaVision season two. I'm okay with We that. kind of expected this, didn't we? I thought we thought it could have gone and like the director yeah. uh the director had come out and said like that they hadn't ruled anything out in terms of doing multiple seasons. But I think if I remember our last conversation was like the shtick that they had about like the sitcoms or the decades was kind of gone. So like right. whether or not they'd be able to recapture that without just making it a straight comic book show uh, was questionable. But I'm a little sad about this because I think it really gave uh, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen a lot of time to shine and really ended up coming out of that show, liking both of them a lot as actors slash actress, as well as their characters. Yeah. Like her fandom has definitely grown i've seen her like everywhere now you oh, yeah. know like kind of like how you know many of the other superheroes whether male or female once they got like their big hit you know you'd see them in commercials all over the place and stuff and she definitely got that from this show so hopefully we see more of her you know and not just as like a side character in movies coming forward yeah right i i'm interested even more so to see what they'll do with her in uh Doctor Strange and whether or not we'll get a solo movie from her at some point because I I would hate to think that the TV show like screwed her out of getting a solo movie because I think they could really do some cool stuff with a that budget and b a longer time frame all at once to do like a story but I guess we'll have to wait and see yeah for sure last piece of hype Warner Brothers has announced that they are making an anime Lord of the Rings prequel it is titled War of the Rohirrim, and it's about Rohan and like the history behind Helm's Deep. So it's from even before uh, the the Hobbit, I believe, because Helm's Deep has been around for hundreds of years or something at that point. 
um, interested on the anime style because they, they specifically in the article I read did not say animated. It is an anime. So I, I'm intrigued to say the least, I guess. Yeah. I think that'd be really sweet because they've obviously hinted, you know, in the books or in the movies, you know, that they, it's been their place of refuge, you know, every time they've been under attack, you know? So it'd be cool to see how, maybe how it was, built or and that's what i'm hoping is like it's the initial conflict that forced them to build it and then you get to see it built in the first battle there or something that to me would be pretty sweet right right absolutely and like i don't know how far they'll go or what you know into the future of it or not but yeah like other conflicts that drove them there would be kind of cool you know because you don't really get any you know clues as to what may have driven them there in the past you just Mm -hmm. know that that's where they always go so um, yeah it's intriguing anime is getting more and more popular over here anyway so it's i'll give it a shot hopefully it's it's good anything yeah i i don't know about streaming versus uh theatrical it appears that this is literally the first announcement so not much in the way of details on that yet but uh could be good yeah for sure. I am a fan of Helm's, Helm's Deep. I know I haven't added much here, but you know, it's, I I know my place. <laughs> Helm's Deep is you, that the second one's your favorite one of the three, is it? Not? Real good fight, real good fight. Yeah. In that one. <laughs> it's and a it, sweet battle. It was it was is. one of our our favorite parts of that video game, if I recall. Anthony was was that. Battle. Yeah, but it was also one of the hardest levels because you got kicked the fucking ladders I off. Gotta, and you, if you don't, you get overwhelmed. Work high too. I mean, God yes, forbid. I hated it. Yeah. I hate, well, I hated it and loved it at the same time. Yeah. Best part of that scene or that sequence from the movie was uh, Legolas taking the shield and sliding down the stairs. Oh, well, badass. everything he does is cool. And he always involves something sliding or something or another. Alrighty, folks. And the moment you guys always wait for, the review of Spider-Man. The, what year is this, Jim? 2002. I always forget. Two, 2002. The OG Tobey Maguire Spider-Man episode 39 i know oh my god (laughs) fucking a i'm so excited uh jim what kind of synopsis do we got okay so when bitten by a genetically modified spider a nerdy shy and awkward high school student gains spider-like abilities that he eventually must use to fight evil as a superhero after tragedy befalls his family uh written and directed by oh gosh scrolling uh sam raimi was the director written by stan lee and steve ditko and david kep Stanley and Steve Ditko, actually the two guys who uh, created the character, which is cool that they were so involved in uh, the writing. Um, obviously, Stanley had a relatively large involvement in everything, and I believe Steve Ditko, uh, at some point between when this movie came out and now, uh, passed away. So him being involved in the movie is kind of sweet. Um, yeah. Uh, starring Tobey Maguire, Willem Dafoe, Kirsten Dunst, and James Franco as well as a large part by J.K. Simmons, which is very memorable, and Joe Mangello. Yeah, God, I love J.K. Simmons in this movie (laughs) so much. Well, he just, yeah. The fact that he played uh, J. Jonah Jameson here and is now doing that role again for the Tom Holland movies, I think is just so fucking cool. Like, yeah, I mean, we've talked, or we did trivia question about, uh, uh, people who did dc or marvel and then switched but like the fact that he's playing the same character twice in two quote-unquote different universes that's just fucking cool 
Right. But will it be Jim? <laughs> Two different universes. M- maybe maybe he's seen. the link between them that brings right. in the others. God, I don't know. It's well, I'll die when they finally release the trailer for that movie. I'm I'm really curious if they'll show anything that like kind yeah. of gives it away, but I don't know. We'll see. I feel like they can't. They they've done too much like cover up at this point that if if that's what they're doing, they need to not reference it in the trailer. Right. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I have a lot of hype for that movie, and as uh, you guys have heard me count, talk about countless times on this podcast, I cannot wait. So, but anyway, let's talk about the 2002 original. Um, we kind of just open up with the class, the classic Marvel opening. It never gets old to me. Now it's, they've kind of modified it with like more of like the current, you know, Avengers squad right. and stuff rolling across the screen. So I saw, I just love it going back to watch like one of the. You know, the first Marvel scrolls that I really witnessed With, like, or the page like, paid attention, flipping, right? Yeah, it's yeah, fucking sweet. just felt good. Felt good. Um, first comment. a nice opening credits can fuck off, but it did give me I... enough time to get a beer. <laughs> I was gonna say opening credits for Jim as we're kind of weaving our way, um, no pun intended, through New York City and just webs and just the names being kind of written across the screen. So. Yeah, I just like to jab at Jim every time we get know, a nice opening credit I'm a whiny roll. Little so bitch about it, but fun. they're so annoying. <laughs> the yeah, this one wasn't like cool or anything. It didn't really, you know, add much to the movie. Um, but we basically open with a Peter Parker monologue, uh, played by Tobey Maguire, um, and he's just kind of like going over, you know, his life, and we kind of get introduced to Mary Jane at this point. Um, yeah, he he throws the whole thing to her. He says the whole sh- the whole story is about a girl, and yeah. I mean we get introduced to her right then and there, so we have to assume it's her. Right. So like ballsy, you know, they just take the opening monologue to basically just you know say the entire story is about a girl. Um, but I guess well, and he, he's with her <laughs> in the know. comics. His motivation. So I mean, it would make sense yeah. to people who had a history with the character. And his motivations throughout the movie. I mean, a lot of it, I guess, is driven for her, at least in the latter half. Yeah, in the second half, I'd say absolutely. In the beginning half, not as much. But we'll get into that, because there's two incredibly distinct halves to this movie. Oh, yeah, and I'd like to discuss that. And I actually liked it, which is why I like this movie a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, anyway, so we then get introduced to... Peter, the first look at him, um, he's running along the side of the school bus. These guys are in high school. Um, even the bus driver is just laughing at him, so it's clear that like everyone just must think he's just a goofy nerd. And he looks it, you know, he's got the glasses and late for the bus shtick, you know. Yeah, like... he doesn't seem to have much in the way of social skills. Like uh, once he's actually talking to Mary Jane much later, and he's only got really one friend, you know. Right. Right. So, yeah, she, and speaking of Mary Jane, she eventually gets the driver to stop. Um, but once Peter gets on the bus, nobody really wants to let him sit by him. So you can tell it's just more, you know, awkward. Right. And not even the other interact. kids who would be considered nerdy will allow him to <laughs> yeah. sit with them. Right. So it's just like the lowest of the lows um, to start. Uh, we see then gets tripped, kind of walking his way back, um, knocks his glasses off again, just hammering down the point that, like, yeah, he's just a total nerd at this point. Um, 
They're then uh, going on a school trip to like some special laboratory. It's Columbia um, University. Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, MJ, you know, is kind of looking at him, um, but then not. She's meeting, looking at some friends behind him, and he just awkwardly kind of waves again. So we can tell he obviously likes her, but she's kind of just hasn't really noticed him so much yet. Right. Um, uh, that was just kind of a quick scene outside the the building. Yeah. Right. And I mean, it it totally shows some of the awkwardness. The only thing, and it's pretty apparent from the beginning here, is like Toby Maguire plays a high school student like a thirty year old. You know. I mean, it really <laughs> just. Oh man, it's not. It doesn't feel age-appropriate. It, it can be a little distracting, I will give you that. Um, but, like, for me, though, for the most part, it seems harmless. So I don't want to dig into him too much, but... He was he know, was 27 when the movie was released. And you're supposed to be 17. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I just think it's funny. Like, I don't, I don't think it's, like, distracting, other than the fact that it's relatively obvious you know yeah i'll give you that um but anyway we digress uh they uh standing outside so it's when we're introduced to harry um played by james franco harry osborne uh he's getting dropped off by his dad norman Mm -hmm. played by willem dafoe um turns out him and pete are really good friends but harry comes from a lot of money and apparently has flunked out of a few private schools and now he looks doesn't want to like show up the public kids or something you know he's a little nervous yeah he doesn't dropped he off. doesn't want to show up in his dad's rolls rice so norman says what you want me to trade in my car for a jetta just because you flunked out of every private school i sent you to <laughs> yeah just a good line god can't speak enough about willem dafoe in this movie though well and like i we, said we have maybe the best line of the movie coming up in like 30 seconds here <laughs> 30 seconds the greatest meme of today um yeah, this is where uh, Harry introduces Pete to his dad, um, and Peter, you know, talks about, like, he is big into science, you know, wants to maybe be a scientist someday, to which <laughs> Norman Willem Dafoe replies, you know, Peter, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. <laughs> <laughs> Which has now been coined as, like, probably one of the greatest, you know, top ten memes on the internet, I'd say, today. Right, right. We, we could certainly you know, do one of, uh, you know, I'm something of a podcaster myself for us, you know. We definitely could. With our amateur you know, status. Speaking to, like, anyone from Barstool or something, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, don't forget about me. Uh, no, it's just great. Great delivery on the line by, by Mr. Osborne there. Um, Peter... Uh, tells norman that he lives with his aunt and uncle so this is kind of the first time we realize you know he's living with his not his parents and we never really know where his parents are i guess in this film well they're supposed to be dead um but it is not referenced once the fact that they're dead it uh or i'll say there is one moment later on with uncle ben but for the most part that is not the motivation for him in this movie seeing as this is on the whole an origin story so and we'll get into the motivations right. a little bit later once they reveal themselves for sure uh so then we kind of just jump ahead the class is now entering i just called it the spider room. that's what i called it too. <laughs> observatory i guess i don't know uh peter is kind of taking pictures um we find out it's for the school paper mm-hmm. uh 
but he's getting just repeatedly picked on. Like every time he tries to focus on a shot, and a bunch of the other classmates are just pushing him right before he can get this perfect snap. So again, just getting picked on constantly. Uh, Peter then tells Harry a line about how spiders change colors as a defense mechanism. And even Harry kind of rips on him a little bit for being too nerdy, but then proceeds to go drop that line on Mary Jane. Um, because Peter was too afraid to do it, and she seems somewhat interested, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she she does seem to legitimately say that uh, it's a cool fact. And he starts out by saying that he hates spiders, and then they have the conversation, and he's like, oh, yeah, they're so neat, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, I swear, he's like, oh, I hate them. And then she said, I think they're cool, and then he says something like, yeah, they're pretty sweet, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... The typical just, like, trying to, just you know, make small her. talk with, with a good girl, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the, we kind of pan over then a little bit. We're just jumping ahead here. They're talking about the genetically engineered spiders now, and they're supposedly supposed to be 15. Yeah, yeah but one of them is missing. Yeah, says there's only 14, in which, when she says that, we get a shot up to, like, the corner of the room where it, it has escaped its enclosure and is now made a web up in the corner of the room yeah and of course like it's a, a cool bright red and blue spider red and blue spider <laughs> uh, this is when peter like kind of sees his chance to talk to mj she's kind of been left behind looking at those spiders uh asks her if he can take her picture for the school paper um a nice solid you know icebreaker oh, yeah. you know that's what he's there for you know it works out pretty good for him um she starts posing and he takes a few pictures to which we see now the spider that was up in the corner of the room starts to web down and lands on his hand and gives him, you know, the famous bite. Yeah. It's right between like his pointer finger and uh, thumb, like on the back of his hand. And it's immediately like the size of, you know, probably like two or three peas. It's a pretty big bite for as immediate as it was. Yeah. The welt was pretty instantaneous. I'd say, (laughs) uh, Spider just kind of, like, falls off and crawls under a, a desk or something. Um, I do want to say, like, I didn't really put it down, but I like kind of like how they did, or I thought it was a little, like, corny. Um, he, like, walks away then because the scene's pretty much over at that point. But in the back, there's, like, a screen, and it, like, shows yeah. the DNA, like, connecting with, like, something and saying, like, complete. It, like, lists all of, like, the abilities then that, like, Spider-Man has, yeah. you know? and I, I guess one of my questions is, like, they, they put in their, like, DNA sequencing complete. So I, when I first saw this in 2002, well, yeah, I was this... like, does that mean that the spider consumed his DNA and somehow they're tracking it and that's what made it yeah. complete? Or, I or was it literally was just curious. processing and now it's finally done? Right that's that's one of the questions i had too so i don't know i, I don't have a straight was, answer like for a, it either it's just a wonder yeah right i just thought it was a nice little it was like a cool little easter egg you know because mm-hmm. i just like how then like it's almost like a video game it like lists all the abilities it said like spider yeah, it's all the perks you just unlocked yeah right <laughs> it's kind of neat um next scene we're at oscorp uh where norman is basically i'm assuming he's like the creator of oscorp yep, yep. he's um, founder ceo i mean he is a legitimate scientist um however he's not a board member and i want to say he's not a shareholder or only owns a small portion of the company uh which will come into play later 
but they have the military visiting to check out um, a glider and suit of armor or like bodysuit that they've been making, as well as um, a vapor test for enhanced soldiers. So one thing I never put together in previous watchings is like, this is 100% the same story. They're trying to make another Captain America, right? They're trying to make a super soldier, but they can't have Captain America be in this. And that's what led to this, uh, this problem. It's part of why I think the gas is probably green, you know, and so on, because, you know, the previous failed experiment was Hulk. Um, yeah, that is a good point. This is conjecture because I'm not sure it's confirmed anywhere, but I have to assume that that's what they were kind of going for. And that's why the military wants this. Right. That makes sense. I mean, you know, it, it is technically the same universe or, you know, these characters exist together you know right. in marvel so the difference like, is who owns or not, them right and that's why they can't right. use captain america yeah no i like that because i think that that definitely you know whether or not they say it you know you can just kind of assume that they the knowledge is there you know right. of, of like this other superhero um yeah i like that i think that's that's kind of a good explanation as to why they they want it um so basically, like Jim said, you know, that the military's there looking for, you know, answers as to when this could be ready. Um, one doctor, gosh, I didn't Dr. catch his Strom. name. Strom. Um, he seems pretty concerned, though. He's not certain that the gas treatment or serum, I guess, is ready for human trials. Apparently um, they had a Norman... group of rodents that were violent, aggressive, and eventually went insane. Yeah. To which Norman says, like, that was only one time, and he really wants to push it because the military is threatening to pull the funding Mm -hmm. and basically shut them down. Yeah, they're going to give it to another company that is making exoskeletons. And let's remember that word for when we finally see what that company is making. See what the exoskeleton (laughs) looks like. Um, Yeah, I'd say Oscorp's design was a little better. Oh, the bodysuit compared to the exoskeleton? Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Um, so that scene kind of ends. We jump to Uncle Ben um, is now like just replacing light bulbs uh, with Aunt May. Yeah, played so by Cliff house. Robertson and Rosemary Harris. Yeah, I didn't really write down because it was just basically small talk. But I actually really like this scene because I think their chemistry is like fantastic. Yeah. they just seem to like just like they literally look to me like an Uncle Ben and Aunt May would just like doing shit around the house so it makes you feel like homey so i like i think they casting was perfect for those two i agree and opinion. i like that they played them so much older because you have to assume that uh peter's parents would be a little bit younger than that given his age but because these guys right. would be grandparent age i was thinking right so i mean i'm not sure if like is this great aunt and great uncle or like what the situation is there uh, but one yeah. of the things they talk about, and I think it just adds some color because it's never really referenced again, is that Ben just got laid off after 35 years of being like an electrician for a company. Um, yeah. So now he's out of work and we can assume, I believe, that Aunt May doesn't work. So they got to kind of figure yeah. stuff out. Yeah, I did write too. Yeah, he goes to look at the paper for um, jobs and even in 2002 it seems every job required computer skills so that only i think mm-hmm. that aged pretty well yeah, yeah. <laughs> safe to say <laughs> um so that's kind of funny uh peter arrives at home uh obviously he was just bit by a genetically engineered spider so he's not feeling very well and it looks like it's 
got to be no later than like well depending on what time the school gets home from the trip but it's probably like five o'clock and he says he's just going upstairs to go to bed because he looks like yeah shit. i guess what time did your school let out in high school we were done at exactly 231 two thirty we got done at like three okay three thirty we had like 42 yep. minute classes and like three or five minute passing periods it was it was weird man but yeah, yeah. so we were done at 231 I, did you start at like seven like seven twenty five yeah okay so we started officially at like eight okay that'll do it so that kind of is probably why it pushed back but um so anyway uh yeah he goes upstairs to lay down um he's just sweating profusely Mm -hmm. and i just wrote down that he crashes on the floor just like with his blanket and just really looks like shit (laughs) he looks like he's had too much to drink yeah that's for sure then he gets these Um, weird flashes like electric flashes of like his own dna and like of tarantulas and shit like that just a really you know 2000 early 2000s way of like showing that you're you know the shit like effective yeah Yeah. i just it's just because that's how that stuff was it was always like quick flashes and just weird imagery you know like just funny to watch a movie now the age we are that came out you know at a time where we would just never really noticed anything like yeah that. i've never you questioned know, it before until we watched it with a critical eye here <laughs> right um so back at oscorp now uh we get a scene where norman and dr strom are preparing to do a test and we find out that norman is going to be the one going in to the chamber i guess is the only other word for it i have um himself self-volunteering right uh they kind of strap him down on like this metal stretcher thing, and then he wheels him in there and sets him up. Uh, Norman gives him the nod, and Strom kind of just pushes some levers and lets the gas in. Yeah, yeah, it's this bright green gas. At first, you can't see through it, but then as the gas like fades, um, all of a sudden Norman is like convulsing inside of this thing. Uh, gave you major um, like the pod thing they put captain america in when he was getting injected that's what made me think of the previous thing is like this the whole setup seems very again captain america whereas they were like injecting him with like sunlight or whatever it may be uh not sunlight it was like radiate radiation or some shit but like this felt very similar and i thought that was a little bit telling i don't know in the comics because i've never looked at any of like the originals or like the origin stories of captain america from the comics whether or not that is a similar design but i don't know seem seems funny that it would be in both those movies right that's what makes you wonder like i wonder if it is acknowledged anywhere in the comics that they like took inspiration from the captain america you know experiments or something like that or whether or not just super sold like super soldier in general in marvel just seems to be a really common theme. oh yeah yeah <laughs> you know lots right. of the villains are failed super soldiers you know yeah um but so so his heart rate starts skyrocketing it's like over 200 beats a minute before he goes limp and flatlines strom rushes into the chamber and suddenly you hear a beep from the monitor because his heart started back up and norman uh grabs strom by the neck and throws him through the glass wall of the chamber just bodies him across the room chucks him out and then scene's almost over but i just have to comment on willem defoe's like really awesome like jumps up on the the rim of the broken glass chamber and like mm-hmm. does like a really weird like 
pose and just it's like he's hisses. ready to jump off the top <laughs> rope of uh wrestling <laughs> like i said this is no short you know willem dafoe is giving his all mm-hmm. this entire movie and i appreciate him for that because he usually does and i just, and also i think he's, he's great relatively ripped for this too you know i mean yeah for sure he looks great like because he spent this is spends a lot of time you know with his shirt off at least a little bit so he's got to look you know kind of kind of buff um and we're supposed to think that this thing kind of increases your muscles i'm assuming because it makes you stronger and and i mean he was 47 years old when he's filming this that's not terribly old in terms of hollywood but But like he still looked fucking good yeah that's fan. i did not know he's that old when this movie came out that's crazy um but yeah so he throws the guy you don't really see him but he kind of goes at him and kills him which we find out Mm -hmm. in a little bit here uh so then Peter wakes up the next morning, um, suddenly just feels great. Uh, he's trying to put on his glasses, which he no longer fucking needs, which would be, if I could just wake up one day and not need contacts or glasses, I would be ecstatic. Oh my God. <laughs> I know I could go get LASIK, but I, I'd prefer not to spend like $3,500 if I could just wake up, you know, and see great. Well, it fucking <laughs> terrifies me. You know, someone is literally carving inside your head with a laser. Because I, I wear contacts too, and I've considered the LASIK and... It seems appealing, but, like, apparently you're not, and like, I'm... asleep for it or anything like that. And I'm well, the... like, fuck no. And the thing is, I work with three people, or two now, but one left. They all got it, and, you know, and never had any problems. You know, the annoying part would be, like, the week after when you got to, like, do drops and keep your eyes safe and stuff. That would probably be the yeah, worst part. Yeah, both my parents but... had it done. And, like, mom's healed, like, the next day, but my dad's, like apparently sometimes it can happen where your sight does not immediately come back regardless of whether or not you need to do drops like it's foggy for like a week beyond just the fact that you need to do drops and like that to me is a little bit scary right because yeah you just you like they reassure you you know that your vision will come back just fine but like yeah if it went longer than like two or three days of just kind of hazy vision i'd be like all right panicking here worried about this now (laughs) (laughs) exactly um but anyway so yeah he doesn't need his glasses uh starts checking himself in the mirror he's a little more buff than he remembers um toby looks good in this movie you know not gonna lie another guy that would not strike me really as a fucking superhero but i and that's kind of the point right i mean for peter parker i guess of peter parker yeah uh so yeah he sees mj through his window because they're like next door neighbors Mm -hmm. um kind of just you know giving her like the if only eyes um we see him kind of like run down the stairs and like jump off the wall and like shock uncle ben and aunt may because he's just like so rambunctious after the last time they saw him he was like about to die so right kind of surprises him right and ben specifically says right after school they're gonna paint the kitchen so don't be late yeah um this is where peter then walks out uh sees mj fighting with her dad um you know it, it appears that this happens often maybe uh yeah it, it appears that um him and his wife or girlfriend i don't know which but mj's mom um they fight a lot and he is not the best father in the world talks badly to both of them so she's pretty upset as he's kind of hurling insults at her as she's leaving right so uh pete um kind of 
follows her down the street a little bit, wants to talk to her, but she gets picked up by some friends before he can approach her, and they're in their own car. Right, and he's running late, of course. So as the car leaves, there goes the bus. (laughs) It just drives right past him. Um, So again, we get another scene where Pete's running after the bus, kind of slapping on the side of it, and there's like a a banner taped to it or something. like homecoming or a football game or something. And then... Uh, Pete kind of stops running. He realizes his hand, which he's not like gripping or anything, but the papers just kind of stick into his hand and just rips off the bus. And he's just a little confused, Jim. Yeah. 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 And like, it's the classic, like you're pulling tape off of your one hand and then it sticks to your other hand, you know, sort of thing. So that's a little bit strange. New development. Yeah. Right. Uh, here then we get a scene where Harry, uh, discovers dad, uh, Norman just laying on the floor. Um, kind of out of it uh he does not remember how he's laying there or why um to which then we find out like i said earlier a woman comes in and informs them that dr Shum has been murdered at the laboratory yeah and both the flight suit and the glider have been taken immediately before yeah. she comes in though they have this really loud like musical cue and a flash of uh norman like convulsing back in the thing and it scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> it's just like a random joke. Exactly. In. Well, it is Sam Raimi. You yeah, know, he, he is does do horror. Somewhat of a, he is somewhat of a horror director himself, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to pop up at some point again. Oh, my God. Gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, so uh, kind of jumping ahead here again. Peter eating lunch uh, at school by himself. Um MJ walks by with her tray, slips on just, like, the most obvious giant puddle of, like, orange juice mm-hmm. I've ever seen just in the middle of a lunchroom, um, to which Peter then reacts and, like, catches her in one hand and then grabs her tray and all of the fucking food and milk carton falling from the sign and just gets it all perfect for her. Right. It, and she just says, wow, nice reaction or something. One might say Reflexes. that he even sensed it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love his little spider sense he gets. Just, I got used to play the game. Mm-hmm. I had the best Spider-Man game ever. I don't remember which one it was, but it was for original PlayStation, and I seriously had so much fun. Did you play on the new game. one, the PlayStation Four one, and then Miles Morales? No, but I heard it's great. I heard they're both awesome. I haven't finished Miles Morales yet, but the Insomniac Games one for PlayStation Four was amazing seriously God, so I... fucking cool made you feel like such a hero and the story was yeah. fucking heartbreaking and just cruising through like the city nowadays with like those graphics and mm-hmm. shit that would just be so fun cool thing I too is like to... so n- later on now in 2021 now uh sony and marvel are like working together to one degree or another on these things right so like there is Avengers Tower in New York City. You can go and climb it. You can go climb the Empire mm-hmm. State Building. And like honestly, some of that just like I'm never one to play in like photo mode very much. But like getting up on right. top of some of those high places, like you can take a photo and then you can put like put it on a comic book cover. Like it's that's cool. You know, I, oh, I've never been neat. interested in that until this game. Right, I might have to check that out because I got a PlayStation 4, so... Well, yeah, and I, I know Miles Morales did come out for PlayStation 4, too, so you could get a two-pack of them, like, for... I think it's, like, $40. I mean, it's not, not bad. A lot cheaper now. Yeah, I might have to do that, because I've always... I loved, you know, that one Spider-Man game I had, and mm-hmm. I just... This one, new one, looked fucking awesome, so... 
Might have to do it, Jim. I'll keep you updated. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, after he catches MJ, uh, he kind of just sits back down and he accidentally, I guess is the best way to put it, starts, like, slinging his web out and he grabs a tray and then trying to, like, get it off, he flings it on accident and it hits Flash, like, right in the back of the head. Right, played by Joe Mangello because I don't think we mentioned it. Um, yeah. Yeah, just a huge stain on the back of him, you know, and Peter gets up to try and quickly walk away. Uh, Trey's still stuck to his web, still dragging behind him. The door of the cafeteria closes behind him, and then the tray is, like, stuck uh, on the inside <laughs> of the door. It's nice little humor. Uh, so, yeah, Peter's, like, hightailing it back to his locker. Uh, again, we see this kind of spider sense thing go off where he starts to notice everything. Um, Flash tries to punch him, like, in the back of the head, but Pete dodges it, you know, because he sees it coming, quote-unquote. Um this kind of goes on, he dodges a few, and then he actually grabs his arm one time and sort of, like, twists it and then gives him, like, a, I guess, like, a chest punch push all the way across yeah, the like hallway in away. front of a bunch of, yeah, in front of a bunch of kids who, some are cheering and some are just calling him a creep. Mary Jane didn't seem too impressed with him either. Right. He was a little freaky, you know, if somebody saw that. Yeah, Harry seems impressed, though, and Peter just runs out of the school and goes to get away from everything. Yeah. Um, this scene, I guess, it's like a five to ten minute scene. I just really like this because um, it's not like, I don't know if I, a lot of like movies nowadays, at least origin stories, spend enough time, I'd say. I mean, you don't want to like overdo it, especially if you only have like a two hour movie. But like, I really like the scenes where like the guys are like testing out their powers and stuff. Right. I think that's super important for like an origin story you know and i thought they did a great job here one thing i think it does too when they do these like testing scenes is it really defines what they're capable of to one degree or another like as an example thor like we all know he's super strong and that he uses mjolnir to fly to one degree or another but like not 100 super defined on what the rest of his legitimate powers are like what's on the back of his baseball card spider-man here you know he can stick to walls, he can shoot webs and swing from them, and he has a spider sense as well as a little bit of extra strength, right? It's so well-defined, and I right. think that's cool. Yeah, really good job. Um, so just, like, a couple points from, like, this whole thing, because it's really, it's just him learning how to, you know, fly from the web mm -hmm. and stuff like that, climb up the wall. Um, I just love the scene where he's, like, trying to, because he doesn't <laughs> yeah. really remember how he shot the yeah, web. Yeah, like, what hand so motion he's just, it like, was yeah he's just like go web go fly Shazam. and like my favorite yeah my favorite one he's like go and he's got like this and then it just shows the camera he just does like the rocket yeah, right, with like, right. his hand it's like so funny once um, once he gets it to shoot and he's holding on to it you know and it's stuck across the way he just hops up on the edge of the building and says to himself tally ho <laughs> yeah like pretty ballsy like you have no proof that this thing can hold your weight yet you know, all yeah, he did that's was, a really good point. you know, grab a, a cafeteria tray, you know, and he just trusts his life with this web and the fucking billboard he eventually runs into on the other side of the I guess, building. Other than the fact that, like they had said in the spider room, um, like that 
their webs can hold like 10 times their weight or something. That's so if true. You, I mean, they then see it should hold 10 times of his weight, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah, that is true. Because that opening scene in that spider room, like... They hit you with a lot, of, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, they did the... They showed the one spider that jumps really far, which we see him do, mm-hmm. you know, in this scene, running across the building. So, like, that's just what, to me, stood out more, like, watching this movie now is, like holy shit like they totally showed it coming you know and i thought that was pretty neat Um, right and and they specific the three spiders they reference in the spider room are the three specific ones that they apparently merged together into the super spider so the fact that he ended up with all those powers and like we said we saw the dna tv this time uh it's not by accident you know right right and i like that um so yeah after this uh he we see him kind of like running home. It's now dark, uh, runs into the house and he sees kind of like a paint can and brush and all the painting's been done. Um, so he seems a little, he's probably a little mad at himself at this point. Uh, no, sees a sign that says there's like dinner in the oven. Um, for the most part, a very takes... responsible high schooler. Like you can tell already yeah. that he's like, God damn it. I knew I forgot something and this was it. Right. Right. Um, I believe he takes the trash out, um, to the backyard and, again mj comes running out after like fighting with her father Mm -hmm. like asks him if he was like listening and stuff like that and he's like no no you know and just tries they just have like a nice little small talk i guess yeah we find out that she wants to be an actor like on stage and that he thinks that he wants to be a photographer even though he said that he's good at science and that's what he does at other points so i don't know super smart yeah but like he is set on like being a photographer which is just weird to me i mean i don't know if that's i think just during the meantime i think was just to make money during school i believe i guess yeah and i mean yeah he he could be very creative but generally like the scientific folks are not the ones you think of as being wildly creative necessarily so it seems like a weird rift in his character right right um so yeah they're just kind of talking uh Peter encourages her, you know, that she should go after acting. Said he, like, cried to death when she played a role, but that was in, like, fourth grade. So he's like, even so. <laughs> like, some of the lines are pretty corny. He, like, I don't know. He has this way of, like, talking soft-spoken, you know, that it's almost like a whisper, and it's kind of weird. A little a little off-putting. Yeah. I, yeah, I can see it. Um, like whenever he's talking to MJ specifically or like to Aunt May or Uncle Ben, you know, and I, I find he's supposed to be crazy? nervous and shy, but like that doesn't yeah. mean you can't have a normal voice. Am I crazy to think though too that like Kirsten Dunst as Mary, wasn't like, talking like she's talking either when she's talking to him, it's like a weird combination of like flirting, but also like patronizing. Like it's really yes. weird the way she kind of delivers her lines and it almost seems like they're trying to make her seem what like flighty almost yeah and i mean that doesn't play very well either i i seem to remember that in the second movie they kind of get away from that a little bit and it's a good thing to get away from yeah because i think maybe you know once they actually are just together they like are get through so i guess maybe if you want to call it chalk it up to just like awkwardness right that they're finally just talking to each other maybe yeah, still figuring out their chemistry it's a little it's a little weird um like the one line she says you know you look taller or something and he just says i hunch to which she just says <laughs> don't it's fucking don't. weird it is weird um anyway not important uh 
Flash comes because she's dating him. Uh, picks her up in his new car he got for his birthday, I guess. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. To which kind of basically strikes some sort of note in Peter's mind that he needs to go find a car now, which he starts looking through the classifieds and sees that there's like a convertible for 2500 but then he looks down and sees if he sits in the ring with the wrestler Bonesaw. Bonesaw, Bonesaw McGraw. For, <laughs> for three minutes, he wins $3,000. So that's what he right. plans to do. Yeah, gotta Fucking gotta have ridiculous. a get-rich-quick uh, scam. Um, not scam, but, you know, plan. So it's at this point that right. uh, he starts drawing up costumes because the ad says they want possible characters, right? So you see him draw the best version of the suit or whatever, right? The yeah, final like, version. It's like the, yeah, it's like the suit, right. you know? But then he, when he finally goes later on, it's like a hoodie <laughs> with a spider spray painted on it and then like bright blue it's, pants. It's so bad. I mean, it. I do like that it shows the evolution of the character. What I don't yeah. like in this one is it doesn't show ever how he develops the other suit. Eventually we get a flash right. forward and he just has it. Um, yeah. Apparently some of the symbols and like character names that they come up with, like Bugman or, you know, Ant-Man or Ant-Boy, some of those other ones are all like legitimate ideas that Stan Lee and Steve Ditko uh, did pitch to each other when they were first coming up with the character, which is cool. Yeah. And some of the drawings are apparently... Uh, very similar to some of the early drawings of the character as well when they were still trying yeah. to figure out his look that is neat i like that um so yeah after we kind of just seemed like drawing the designs we jumped to norman uh reading a newspaper about how oscorp's gonna go kind of going down the drain yeah they lost um, their funding i believe right because they couldn't deliver the super soldier serum or the body right. enhancements so here's like the first time where he starts to hear like hear voices, voices yeah. yeah, or just like laughing. I'm not sure if much is said at. I this think all it is in, in this one is laughing. Um, yeah. Much later on, you know, he's having full-on conversations with himself. Right. Uh, so that was pretty quick. Um, we then jump ahead. Uncle Ben and Aunt May are talking about Peter. Uh, Ben um, eventually offers to drive Pete once he gets into the room down to, I believe he the saves library. going to the library. Yeah, but in re- he, he lied to them, right? This is in reality when he's yeah. going to the wrestling match. And right. one thing that I picked up on this time, but that didn't I didn't understand previously, is there must have been a flash forward of like a month or a few weeks because they're talking about how strange he's been lately. And it's like, yeah, if you didn't know about the flash forward which, again, was not played very well, um, you would have been like, he's been, quote-unquote, Spider-Man for, like, two days, you know? Right. That I, That is true. It's, like, everyone's talking about how much he's changed, but, like, from, like, our screen time, it's been, yeah, like, one day. Yeah, exactly. You know, he got bit, got sick, missed the painting, and then it's, like, the very next day, you know, everyone's like, you've been acting so strange. So, yeah, I believe we have to assume that, like, at least a week or so has kind of gone by or something. And this isn't you know? the only one either. There's like, I want to say at least two more flash forwards in this movie, like hard yeah. ones, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, so yeah. So anyway, Ben offers to drive him. Um, so Peter and Ben are on their way down and they kind of park outside the library to which 
Uncle Ben, you know, gives the legendary, you know, he's kind of giving him advice and gives him the, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And he's referring to, like, how he beat up Flash. Right. You know, like, you didn't, just because you can doesn't mean you have to, you know, sort of thing. Um, But that's just really cool how they delivered that. Uh, So he's kind of just lecturing him a little bit, which Peter gets a little upset, you know, hostile. And he mentioned, I think, believe Ben mentioned something about the man his dad was or something. And, yeah, he, he know, says, I'm not trying to be heated. your father. And then he says, uh, well, yeah. stop trying to be. Um, right. And, and that's, that hurts. Like that was a rough line. And I think it's some of Toby's better acting in the movie. He seems very upset. And I, I do like this scene a lot because uh, Ben tries telling him, you know, I went through the teenage years. I know about trying <laughs> to become a man and whatnot. And obviously you know peter's not a normal teenager anymore uh uncle ben has no idea what he's going through and so like the tension there is palpable and like normally when you get this scene between a father and a son or something like that it uh it's always accurate that the father or parental figure knows what the kid is going through because they were teenagers but this one it's got a different charge to it obviously right for sure um so yeah he kind of just leaves him with that you know like stop trying to be my dad line and that's basically the last thing he says to him here and he leaves the car um you know and ben kind of drives away pete waits for him to sort of clear the screen and then he like we said is not going to the library he goes to this kind of back alley fucking wrestling ring um, i mean they're taking people off the street there's at least like 30 people in line to get in the ring with bone saw mcgraw yeah um the fucking, I guess, ring announcer, I believe, is Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. Loved that. Um, just another Sam Raimi, you know, Easter egg. Uh, Bruce Campbell from the Evil I Dead never connected that, that till like, you said it, but now, oh my God, I can't get yeah. it out of my head. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Um, so, yeah, he's fighting Bonesaw McGraw. Um, you know, we see one guy go in there and get like thrown out of the ring like immediately this guy's just tearing people apart um peter then is up next after you know signing up and i guess i guess i don't know the ring announcer but i'm just gonna call him bruce campbell um, bruce campbell um is like asking who he is behind the screen and he's just like the human spider (laughs) bruce campbell's like what that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my life so then we get, you know, the phrase, he kind of takes it upon himself to call him the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah that was cool. Uh, one thing yeah. I do want to point out, too, that I was totally blown away by, the woman checking him in to... Is it Octavia Spencer? It was Spencer? Octavia Spencer. Yeah. Just in, like, a 15-second roll. She's right. like, uh, sign like a... this waiver, make sh- uh, you know, it's not our fault whatever happens, may God have mercy on your soul. Right, because I was like, <laughs> she looks so familiar, um... And obviously now she's pretty famous. Yeah, actress, she's like an international uh, star right. at this point, right? Uh, so that's just kind of another funny little like cameo, I guess. Um, but yeah, so the Amazing Spider-Man is coined. Um, like we said earlier, the costume looks absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. It's like a baggy red hoodie with yeah, like blue sweatpants and yeah, shit. Yeah, and then he's the, wearing the like stitching. a uh, balaclava or whatever, you know, like one of those hoods. Um, yeah, and as he walks into the ring. The cage descends. Apparently, he signed himself up for a cage match. <laughs> he had no idea he was in for. Um, he gets down there. Uh, I guess the ring kind of just starts. Um, 
Peter dodges a few of the shots and eventually like jumps up, you know, up on top of like or like towards the ceiling mm-hmm. of the cell and the guy's like, Get down here or something. Um to which he does and then he actually takes a little bit of a beating here for a bit. Yeah, um, one of uh Bonesaw's entourage gives him a, a steel chair and he yeah. bends it over Peter's head a few times. God, yeah, just actually taking a beating, but you know, he's got the strength to withhold sort of things. He's like on his back then um, and then basically just proceeds to kick the guy's ass from his back. You know, he just starts kicking him. And then yeah, I mean, that's all he does, and then basically flips yeah. him into the side of the cage, which is what knocks him out. Knocks him out. Uh, so, yeah, they announce him as the winner. Um, and I guess just from there, we move on to where Peter goes to get paid from the guy. Uh, the guy only gives Peter $100 instead of the three when the prize was promised. 3000 Uh the reason is that he pinned him in two minutes, and he was supposed to last in there for three. Yeah, so gotta wonder if he had gone longer than three, uh, he probably would have gotten like fifty bucks. Right. So this guy's just the ultimate sleaze ball. Um, guy says it's not my. Er, I missed the part whatever, where that's my problem. My problem. Yeah, which comes back here in a little bit. Um, Peter kind of defiantly walks out of the room. Uh, we see this other guy run in there with a gun and proceeds to rob the guy now who just gave Peter the $100 of all of the money on the table. Um, comes running down the hall towards Peter. They're all yelling at him to stop, and Peter just kind of steps aside, and the guy says thanks and gets down the elevator. The cop kind of yells at Pete, and then the, the guy that paid him comes up to him and says, Oh, you just let that guy get away with all my money. To which Peter gives him the same line. I forgot the part where that's my problem um so i mean in the sense at this point you know you can kind of get behind that you know it, it definitely doesn't work out in the end right he's he's but. a angsty 17 18 year old you know he's making himself feel like the big man in the moment you know especially after someone quote-unquote wronged him um, right and and he gets a relatively quick uh course correction i'll say you know in like how he, how he needs to be a better man which is what ben yeah. was just trying to talk with him about so i guess let's cut to the chase outside the library ben has been carjacked and shot and ends up dying on the sidewalk brutal it's it's a rough scene and we get what is one of the saddest but best gifts of all time it's peter ugly crying yeah. Um, sure. He overhears the cops say that the guy is headed south on Fifth. Peter rushes after him in the costume, um, webbing along the buildings. Yep. Uh, so yeah, he's following along in the street. They're in like a car chase. Um, Pete then, Spider Man, I guess, in a shitty costume, mm-hmm. jumps down on top of the roof once. Uh, like punches a hole through it the roof but the guy starts shooting at him so he's forced to like jump onto a big truck alongside of it to which the truck's about to hit a bridge and he does like a cool leap over and lands on it again you know showing some of that but you can tell he's a little raw though still he doesn't really stick the landings right on some of these quite yet um jumps back on the guy's hood this time like forces him to crash near this like abandoned building to which uh the shooter then runs into um and Peter kind of just like stalks him in there, I guess is the best way to put it for a bit. And then kind of just beats his ass and he gets up to next to the window and like some of the police lights are shining in and he realizes it's the guy he let go. Yeah. The guy who was robbing the wrestling killing. folks. Yep. 
Yeah. So a little bad karma. Um, and Pete's kind of like taken back right away. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, because he was taken aback, uh, the guy yeah. holds the gun in his face and almost shoots him. Um, right. But Peter ends up like disarming him, I believe, or dodging it. Yeah, he like grabs his arm and kind of like breaks it, mm. you know, kind of like he did with Flash. Didn't break Flash's arm, but like, or I don't know if he did here, but just like grabs his arm, does like his twists it, whatever. overpowers him. To when the guy like backs up and trips over like this pipe in the ground and just falls out the window and dies. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah, so what one thing I feel that, that we need to talk about and it's safe to talk about because the movies are as old as they are uh he doesn't actually die right because in the third of this trilogy oh, fuck. He, there's like some sort of chemical in the sand down there so he becomes sandman doesn't he i you know you might be right i'm pretty sure i can't I remember how the third one goes but there's two villains in the third one that. it's venom and then yeah sandman. Like, yeah yeah i know god damn that's a good point. I got point. the trivia, man. Fuck. I haven't watched any of these movies in a hot minute, though, so... I know, it's been so long. If someone knows uh, that I'm wrong, Adam, you'll be with us next week. Let me know, but I'm pretty well, sure I'm right. Yeah. I know, I have to check. I have the... I had to get... I have, like, all three of them in, like, a trilogy set, oh, yeah. so I had to get that out. I should just watch the next two. Just, just complete within it. These couple and report days. back on what you're watching next two weeks. <laughs> Spider-Man in two and three. Um... Yeah, so the guy's dead, you know, Pete's in the window, the cops kind of move up, but he already climbed out, um, you know, I believe then... Now we're at the quest Military base? Yeah. Or the quest, yeah. And they're showing um, off this exoskeleton, which is like, it's like a test like a tube sh- with a top. Shitty version of, like, RoboCop. It's, it looks awful. A, RoboCop is being incredibly generous. There are not separate yeah, arms or legs on this thing. It's like a pod... And it looks so stupid. Like it can fly, but they don't actually get to show you anything else because suddenly there's a green laser that flies in and blows up the pod, and a grenade gets tossed in the bunker from where the military were watching. So everybody yeah. dies. In the uh, that's exactly right because the only clue we get is like a brief flash of it flying in, and then like the sinister laugh. Yeah, and it looks like know. the glider that we have seen once before, I believe, at the Oscorp Labs. Yep. Yep. So that's about it there. Um, now we jump ahead to graduation. Uh, the students, Norman congratulates Harry and Peter. Um, Peter and Aunt May share some thoughts about Uncle Ben. Um, they got a nice scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gives him some sort of encouragement, which I think he could probably really use right now because he kind of definitely feels responsible, I bet, for Uncle Ben's death. Yeah, but I don't know way. how much he described to her, right? Because he hasn't told her that he's Spider-Man or what happened. Well, right. All, I think right. I thought there was a line at some point where he referenced, like, I was running late coming out of the library or some shit. So, like, he should have been there with Ben, and they should have been left already, but he was late. Yeah. Um, or I could be I, making that up. But she doesn't know that he's Spider-Man. That's the moral of the story at this point. Right. Uh, so, yeah, just like I said, a nice scene where she kind of gives him some confidence, hopefully, or tells him, you know, he needs to continue to be the man that they knew he could be. Mm-hmm. Um Next, we kind of jump ahead to some robbers uh, taking money out of like a convenience store i guess right um and now he's in the new spider-man suit apprehending them. yeah we kind of get the flash of him yeah so 
Aunt May gives him, like, a, we always knew you could be a great man, to which I guess we kind of jumped ahead a tiny bit. We get, like, a little flash of him, like, you know, embracing that and, yeah, gets the new suit and Yeah, and stuff I, like I that. think at this point now him and Harry have moved together to their apartment in the city. So, like, there's a time time jump here again. Don't know how much time it is, but I know it's... They're going to go to college in New York City. And later on, suddenly it's going to be Thanksgiving. You know? So, I mean, it's right. the timeline here is shaky at best, which probably makes it great for them to rope him into the Spider-Verse movie. Lots of open time there. Yeah, see, <laughs> there you go. They knew what they were doing I know, back right? then. <laughs> uh, but we, we get a montage of, like, people being interviewed yeah, about Spider-Man. And one guy is like, he stinks, and I don't like him. And an, another woman says, guy with eight hands sounds hot. <laughs> yeah. Just... That was really like the, weird it feels like 1995 it does because then the, there was like another girl too like oh that he's got the super nice nice tights i really just want to grab his and it like cuts yeah, exactly. away right before she says it's like god it's so goofy um but yeah basically that's it it's just a montage of him kind of taking down like everyday crooks and criminals right. um and then the people talking about him which has like always been a big part of like the spider-man character is like his public opinion yeah well know? and i mean we, we get a scene right here at the Daily Bugle with J. Jonah Jameson, played by J.K. Simmons. And this is part of it, is um, apparently they had run a headline that says, Who is Spider-Man? on the front page with a crappy picture of Spider-Man. And J.J.'s yeah. going, he's a criminal, a vigilante, a public menace. Why is he on my front page? <laughs> <laughs> it is hilarious. He is just pissed. But then I thought it was hilarious, too, that his, like, assistant... Um, then like refers to him that they sold out like four different like newsstands yeah, or and something. he's like i he's want like, all kinds of pictures of this i want spider-man on the front page every day one, one <laughs> like... really cool throwaway line here too is uh I, I don't know if it's the owner or what um and i don't even know the actor's name but he's saying you know we've had eddie on the case trying to get pictures of spider-man eddie, eddie exactly brock. eddie brock yeah. you know who again shows up in the third movie here obviously yeah. is the main venom character so like they were trying to set stuff up like all these little webs <laughs> pun intended right uh from <laughs> the first movie here um and jj finally ends with saying he doesn't if he doesn't want to be famous then i'll make him infamous yeah great line yeah, very good I like that uh so yeah so then we just kind of jump ahead we see peter on the street he runs into mj uh, she's a waitress, but she doesn't really want him to know at first. She's, she's covered up. Um, yeah, she lies about it until her manager comes out yelling about how her uh, yells, cash drawer was short. There's like $4 missing out of the cash mm. drawer or something like that. Uh, yeah, so it's, she hasn't been able to um, pretty much do anything she wanted to do. She hasn't done any acting yet um, and just is being a waitress. But it's here... Uh, she reveals that she's dating Harry. Right. Which and Harry hasn't told Peter, him. apparently. And they're roommates. Yeah. So I don't know how they and could they have never... Roommates. Yeah. How do they not... How would he not know? I, I mean, I guess if she's never... Hasn't been... I mean, how? who knows how long they've been dating I don't know. Maybe either. they always hang out at her place. I mean, stranger things have happened. I suppose. So... But... Well, I guess Ann Peter is always out just being spider Yeah, that too. too. He's out at like, all hours of the day. Um, right. So it's back at their like loft now which is a sweet looking loft it's multiple levels it and it's like super awesome. industrial and i'd live in that place um yeah. 
but Harry says uh, to like the spiral. Sorry, just like that spiral staircase though that like sweet. goes up to like the sixth. It is sweet. I like that vibe. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, uh, Peter comes in and Harry says, uh, "You look like you just got second place in the science fair." And apparently he was late for work. And Doctor Connors, who also turns into the lizard, uh, apparently fired him uh, for being late. Yep, that's. I got it. See another. I didn't catch the Connors one. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, the Eddie one I did, but yeah, that is true. I lost. See, I love it. They're doing a great job. There's probably others in, that like, I characters. didn't even notice because I'm not a Marvel fan. And as far as Marvel stuff goes, Spider-Man of all of them was not my bag. Um, yeah. So there's probably other references that even I didn't understand or recognize. Right. Um, Norman was here too, but he was kind of just on the phone the whole time while they were talking during the scene. Yeah, it sounds like he comes to the apartment to inspect, make sure that they're actually like, quote unquote, getting work done. Um, And he says he wants to meet the mysterious girl that Harry's been seeing. And Peter's like, oh, I don't even know who she is. Yeah, right. Kind of, but he does, you know, a little jab. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that scene kind of ends. We then see Peter... um, I guess he saw an ad. Did yeah, it was in the paper the asking for photos yeah. of Spider-Man. Right. And he's like, well, I can get those. Yeah, sets up a camera um, and proceeds to just kind of get his picture taken while he's fucking taking down bad guys, you know, posing for it and stuff like that. Uh, right. Flash forward we... to the Daily Bugle again, and <laughs> JJ's sitting there just throwing the photos. Crap, crap, crap mega crap. crap. <laughs> it is just so funny. Um tells him to like go take his stuff somewhere else if he doesn't want that money and he peter actually gets up to leave and he just says sit down i'll give you three hundred dollars and then he's like bring me photos all the time but it's not a job yeah he, he's like <laughs> doing freelance. freelance we'll send you a box of christmas meat <laughs> <laughs> yeah every year that'll be your perks or something like that it was awesome so he's talking to the cute assistant out front or the cashier I, I guess i'm unsure of what position she serves but she's gonna apparently pay him and he says i'm peter parker i'm a photographer with his camera hanging around his neck and she just goes yes i can see that just completely patronizing <laughs> still awkward as fuck um so from here uh we get another scene at Oscorp, um, kind of in a big business conference room. They're hosting a large meeting about the state of the company. Uh, it's here that the board informs Norman that they are going to be selling and selling in the order quest, for that to no happen. Less. Yeah, and in order for that to happen, he must step aside and resign um, so that can go through. To which he obviously takes great offense. Yeah, uh, but kind of leaves with just a sinister smile, you know. Yeah, so they're not going to announce the sale after the World Unity Festival that apparently, like, Oscorp, like, puts on. That's, I just wrote festival, but I didn't, yeah, because I, I remember, I didn't, it was too lazy to rewind to see what they called it. The World Unity Festival. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, Bizarre. <laughs> weird, <laughs> weird festival to have. Um, it's yeah. being headlined by uh, Macy Gray. Uh, singer i've never heard of and apparently the closed caption said she was singing a song called my nutmeg fantasy what the fuck (laughs) i mean it sounds like some good old 2000s music it was kind of (laughs) catchy not gonna lie when they showed her singing it um but anyway yes i guess going into the big uh world unity festival um 
we just get a glimpse of Peter. He's kind of working his way through the crowd, snapping picks. Um, sees MJ and Harry like up on this penthouse, I guess, balcony sort of thing. Yeah. Probably where all the executives for Oscorp are. Well, yeah, and we I recognize assume. a couple of them, like president of the board and like his number two lackey or whatever. So they are up there together. Um, and yeah, Harry's I guess it goes dad, to sh- his dad's not there because this is yeah, and this is where he was going to introduce. Um, Mary Jane to him. Right, so, so he's kind of like, well, where the hell is he? He's been asking to meet her, and now he's not here. All right, so, like we said, it is important to note that Norman is nowhere to be found. Um, we see... Jump back down to Peter, like, on the street, and again, he gets, like, his sort of spider sense. Um, we look up into the sky, and we see the fucking goblin, full regalia, and whatever it's called glider right you know coming in for like the first official time yeah and this is the know. first time we see him too right like uh at the quest like testing facility he was gliding in from way far back but we never actually see him close enough to know what he is um right and honestly at this point have we even gotten a name right i mean this is the green goblin but he hasn't like given himself a name yet i don't think no i want to say somewhere in this scene he says it but maybe not or he just refers to him as goblin and, and you know at one point in the movie yeah i know at one point he here. calls him gobby <laughs> <laughs> yeah just defoe really going for it again right um uh yeah so he comes flying in he's like launching these little like pumpkin bomb things all over the place aiming at the balcony um i don't know if he just doesn't give a fuck if he's like fully like green goblin at this point or if he doesn't notice that his own son is there well there's an amount of split personality so i have to assume that uh he's the goblin personality right now who doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything right because yeah his son's up there and he's just bombing the shit out of that balcony right and the balcony Um, starts to disconnect from the wall to which he throws like a different kind of bomb that then vaporizes the board turns him right into this crappy cgi skeletons the skeletons is pretty incredible. Sorry, I was fixing my fridge. Scott returns. <laughs> Scott glides right That's in right. and throws some bombs yeah. on us. Throws some bombs right in. <laughs> Dude, this is like the first... This is now officially the second half of the movie, though. Beautiful. Like, it is. I really like how they did this because you go a first hour of the movie where Spider-Man has not even met the main villain... Right. Um, and it was just, per- I thought it was really well done and just like set up, like we said, Jim earlier talking about like the whole training montages and stuff. I just thought for like an origin story, this was done really well. I agree. How they did this. It, it, and maybe this is a detractor too. It feels like two separate movies, right? The first half, he's still figuring out how to be Spider-Man. Then at some point, he, whatever it is, starts to click, and now he is Spider-Man. He's wearing the suit under his clothes already as he sees Mary Jane up on the balcony. He's running in slow-mo, tearing open his shirt, which, I mean, you only learn that from years on the job. Um, <laughs> so, he, And it's the new suit, too, right? Because we only just yeah. got introduced to that, too. So clearly, he's been working at this for a hot minute once they moved into New York City. Right. So, yeah, like you said, he kind of jumps into the fight. Um, he's, you know, I basically just put, it's it's a lot of punching and then just, like, swinging around fighting amongst the big, like, unity balloons yeah. that they have. Kind of like the big New York 
Thanksgiving parade or something, you know, like. And of course, MJ is falling basically the entire time, which is a theme of all the movies. <laughs> the women yeah. are always falling. Well, I mean, because <laughs> that yeah, well, gives him the chance to swing in, you know, I mean, and play off the New York City architecture. If there's one thing Marvel has point. always done that I wish DC would do is they set their shit in real life cities. Like this is in New York City. This clearly is supposed to be kind of like Times Square, you know, and that's cool to me. Um, but DC always has like Gotham and Metropolis and made up cities. Right. Yeah. So like Scott said, Mary Jane is, you know, basically falling off the ledge at this point. Um, not quite yet. Cause this is where they're kind of flying around fighting around her. And at this point, Spider-Man's able to like reach up into the glider and kind of just like rip out some wires, which causes it to like malfunction and sends the goblin with it like flying way like out of the yeah it's it's not enough that it throws him off but it's enough that the goblin needs to retreat (laughs) yeah um Um, oh god so yeah here mary jane falls you know right and he swan dives down to try and catch her and shoots a web back up behind him so of course they reach the end of their bungee jump and bounce back off and then they swing off into the sunset yep i said he saves her and flies her off to safety like yep. a long ways away yeah just throws her in a garden basically <laughs> essentially and she's just infatuated with him from here on out oh i wrote my next note is harry has officially been cucked by spider-man <laughs> <laughs> there he is because there's cause, that like, spitfire i've been waiting i mean for. like this next phone call is literally just he's he's what he's amazing like oh but like nighty night and then it's just her hanging up on him like just savage just i'm done with you i'm on to the bug you're done <laughs> i hate this saying so much because people say it all the time scott but spider-man definitely lives rent-free in harry oh. osborne's head <laughs> it's tough it's tough and then and, and let alone he kills his dad spoiler alert um, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know it so so he's really it's really unfortunate really is unfortunate. one thing i want to say before we move on uh in that scene on the rooftop terrace you know mj and spider-man are talking and he's like you know who i am your friendly neighborhood spider-man man if he doesn't sound fucking muffled under that suit they didn't take the time to even go in and record those lines in post so they'd sound good yeah it's realistic jim it's supposed to be a guy in a costume <laughs> jim it's not supposed to be an actual thing i mean yeah. fine oh god um so yeah, like after that scene at the apartment, you know, Harry kind of confronts, you know, Peter again, tells me he never made a move or something. But it's clear that, you know, Mary Jane's kind of moving on to the bug. Right. Um, yeah. There's an amount yeah. of hurt feelings like Harry's being the aggressor in this conversation when in reality he should be the apologist. Because I don't know about you guys, but if I knew you were interested in someone, I wouldn't try and step in on that. You know, absolutely not. I think right. it's tougher in high school because, like, you haven't exactly learned boundaries yet. That's I don't it. know. I, like, I can get it, behind that, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, this is the first time they're both dating girls, basically. So, I mean, Harry's kind of right. Like, Pete has just been sitting back, not doing shit. So he's like, I mean, what do you want me to do? Dude's been talking about her since he was four years old. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's totally like, you know, I've claimed that girl over there, you know, no one else can be interested in her, which obviously is not right. an okay attitude to have. Exactly, exactly. Right. Um, so, yeah, from here on, we get another scene of Norman back at his, you know, mansion or wherever the fuck he lives. Uh, 
he starts to hear the voices again, um, and for the first time we kind of get like the reveal of him really pulling a, a Schmeagle and kind of talking to himself in, in the mirror. That's, that's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah. So so Norman it, asks, where are you? And the voice says back, follow the cold shiver running down your spine. Oof. <laughs> Dude, Willem Dafoe, like I said. Phenomenal. Oh, he's yeah. just I, giving it. Yeah. Like in this scene in particular, like to just play like complete psychopath and then like, you know, half-ass sympathetic like b- millionaire that's like losing everything, you know. I don't know. It's just back and forth between himself is kind of it's very entertaining yeah no i mean he uh, of all the acting in this movie i mean he is far and away the best and it's not close like yeah there's a and there's c and he is a (laughs) so i think lots of people when they look at willem dafoe they don't necessarily think that he's a good actor but i think in this Mm. instance the bad acting is part of it you know he's that's what the character is he's the the weirdy scientist who somehow is a millionaire as well as like the crazed at this point schizophrenic who is talking to the voices that are coming out of him you know yeah well and and just just the way he looks is so very manic it's it it's it's yeah it's just like bony face and just like yeah i i love i love everything about him in this movie yeah he was great um so basically the big thing that comes out of this scene is like I guess I just I'll just call it the goblin and Norman basically agreeing that they should either try to get rid of Spider-Man or try to get him to join them. Yeah, basically what happens. Um, so jumping ahead, uh, we're back at the bugle. Uh, ah. Peter and Jameson are kind of just talking about shit, and then the goblin just blasts the window open and threatens jameson you want to hop in here let me give my favorite line of the entire movie um he's got a post of spider-man and it says something kind of negative about Mm -hmm. him and and peter says that's slander and and james uh jameson says slander is spoken in print it's libel and i think that's the best line it's hilarious in my opinion i I mean that is top tier comedy right there so love but he had, love but that. he had one of our other fam- favorite ones too jim or from earlier what did he one say we said, what was that one? Oh, what if we just said it to god damn some, whichever if one's he doesn't cheaper, want to be famous pre- i'll make him infamous yeah that's a that's great pretty one good too. yeah see like two of the best lines come from simmons Jameson. i mean simmons is in this movie phenomenal as yeah well. I, I would yeah, say yeah. he's probably better than willem dafoe but just doesn't get the screen time comparatively right um, right. So at this point, he chucks his cigar out the window behind him, and suddenly it like flies back up through the window and onto his desk, and Goblin blows the fucking window out of the place because he's trying to figure out yeah. who the photographer is for Spider-Man so that the photographer can lead him to Spider-Man, and of course Peter just so happens to fucking be there. Right. Yeah. Kind of sneaks off. Um. But Jameson, man, he ain't no narc. No, he totally is. Like, I'm not telling you a damn yeah. thing. Very right. surprising. With everything you know about his character, you're like, wow, he's well, got just from what you've like seen, yeah. But like, severely loyal at the same Unreal. time. Is is like yeah. the businessman part of it? Is that like a persona? And in reality, he truly does want to like have a decent a pay. Guy. Not not a good guy, but he's willing to protect the people who work for him at least. Right. Probably. You know, and I yeah. I kind of like that play on it to one degree or another. In, in yeah. the video game, he's gone from being a newspaper man to being on a podcast. So that 
every now and again when you're swinging around the city anthony uh podcast episodes will just randomly start playing that's awesome <laughs> oh that is cool um so yeah like we said pete was there but he kind of snuck out and now as jameson's being questioned spider-man just kind of swings down from above behind in the broken mm-hmm. window and says like you know what i'm right here or something like that um you know basically telling him to like you know if you want to talk let's talk and the goblin just easily just like puts sleep powder on him and just knocks him out i'd like to say that spider-man's spider sense fails him when it's convenient for the movie (laughs) yeah clearly um so i guess from here we just kind of get jump ahead peter spider-man wakes up like on a rooftop um kind of a little bit paralyzed yet from the from the sleeping powder and uh i just love how uh norman or the green goblin willem dafoe is just hamming it up in this scene like in the full suit and he's just like leaning up against the thing (laughs) and just like talking to him about how they could you know run the world or like destroy it whatever they wanted to do like together you know join me and we can rule the galaxy as father and son <laughs> pretty much yeah um one giant question though why is he not just unmask him while he's knocked out it's always the question when that they knock a him out. thousand times yeah it, i mean i don't know if it's like a respect thing i i have no idea it doesn't make sense well i almost could see that because there almost is like an odd respect between the two you know well, well and he if he reveals for sure right yeah and if he reveals his I mean, if he reveals who he is, like, obviously he's not going to join him then, or, you know, it's going to screw something up. Right, it changes know, the power it, dynamic, and Goblin wants to be the superior, but, like, by unmasking well, say, it him, would make him sure leverage, that though. Spider-Man knew he was the superior. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I, I know the movie has to happen. I'm not trying to, like, dig too deep, but it just seems too convenient it happens in all the movies when the hero gets captured or knocked out you know and it's it's stupid in every single one of them one thing i want to talk about is just like the face on the goblin suit is a train wreck right (laughs) like it's got this like wide open mouth but also like when he talks the mouth doesn't move it's like fixed in place with like a screen over it so you can still see his lips moving behind that's it. what i was i wouldn't have been so mad with like the still frame mask but don't show me like his lips moving beneath like a black cloth like in the mouth well area. and then too like it's know. got like yellow glass for the eyes which flip up to let you see his eyes even though you could kind of see through it already and they were gonna sell this mask to the fucking military this green goblin mask um one point in its favor the suit doesn't have nipples so that's a step up from 1989 batman or Clooney batman there you go yeah i mean it is pretty ridiculous costume once you actually you know digest it um so the goblin just again just leaves him up there you know with a decision to make um so we kind of jump ahead pete uh, runs into MJ again. After this time, she was it was after an audition. Uh, he kind of stalked her though. You know, he found out through the grapevine she had an audition, and then took what two buses and a fucking taxi or something to get to that side of town. You Any know? other world, that's a problem. Yeah, it crossed a line from <laughs> cute to creepy. Uh, one bus yep. and one taxi ago. Right, yep. exactly. Um, you know, and then we just get again, like Jim, we discussed it, like this weird dynamic between them and like her, like definitely like flirting with him but also she's going out to dinner with harry mm-hmm. 
like right now. So you know, and it's, suggesting for him to join. Yeah, um, be the third wheel. Harry with two yeah. people now. It was just it was kind of odd, you know, because she yeah loves Spider Man, but you know she also like, says I better run Tiger here. She calls him Tiger. Like, yeah. Well, and that you makes sense that when we listen to her monologue way at the end. Um, it's jumping ahead, but she's like, you know, when I was falling, there was only ever one person I could think of. It wasn't Harry. It wasn't Spider-Man. It was you. So, I mean, she's had that fall now where Spider-Man saved her and fine. She had the infatuation for a minute, but this apparently must be when she's realizing that actually she wants Peter. Right. So, I mean, I'm not okay. mad at that. Um, no. But now we get the attack in the rain, which is one of the most iconic, iconic. scenes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she kind of leaves to go to dinner. Peter notices her get followed by like a group of like four thugs mm-hmm. down an alleyway. Um, it starts to rain, which is a big part of the scene. Um, we see her kind of getting pushed around. Spider Man shows up and starts kicking everybody's ass. Is his mask get ripped off, or did he not have it Never on? Never had yeah, it, on. Didn't put it on. Never had it on. Okay. So yeah, so he's just beating him up. Um, once he like gets rid of the last two she kind of starts to look at him and he realizes he doesn't have his mask on so he runs into the alley and quickly evades her but then we see him web down this time with mask on and mm. ask says she's got a thing for getting into trouble or something like that you know which leads mm. to probably the most iconic kissing scene of my lifetime yeah it's so she then rolls down the bottom half of his mask right even though he's upside down compared to her um, and again, why doesn't she just take it off if she wants to know? Um, maybe think, she had the I respect at this point. I think there's something more hot to the not knowing. You're, you're not wrong, um, I don't think. Um, you know, apparently when like, they were filming this, wow. he was legitimately upside down and they were legitimately pouring water on him. And so his nose, Wasn't he like drowning? Yeah, his nose kept filling yeah. up with water and it was filling his sinuses. <laughs> God terribly uncomfortable yeah i don't know how many takes it took but uh i i know i remember reading that it took a handful apparently the scene where he balances her lunch on the tray uh they didn't use any cgi and it took 156 takes i'm reading here holy shit that was real apparently wow what it's awesome after 156 takes he performed the stunt exactly as seen that's crazy that's all, insane this one this is more nuts i'm on imdb's trivia page while we're talking about this hugh jackman revealed he was supposed to have a brief cameo as wolverine jackman actually showed up in new york to film the scene but the entire plan was scrapped when the crew couldn't get access to the wolverine costume from the 2000 x-men movie oh, oh my God. man you, X-Men. see the legend of hugh jackman as wolverine because he's he's just everywhere i yeah. love it God well, and that would have been an agreement between two separate studios, right? Because Fox owns X-Men yeah, and Fox Sony owns Spider-Man. Right. So that would, have, that would have been fucking cool, but sadly yeah, it, it didn't happen. How distracting would that Darn. have been, though? Very much so. Well, probably, but still would have been cool. But anyways, we can move on now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after the kiss, he just takes off, uh, leaves her, you know, starstruck in the rain, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Um, the next scene, uh, there's just kind of like a large apartment building on fire. Um, the firemen are kind of rushing people out. One woman's screaming that her baby is still stuck up in there. Uh, Spider-Man flies in, 
says he's going to get, or he, like he flies right in to go get the baby. He doesn't land on the ground yet. Um, well, he stops there first because a... the cops want to arrest him. JJ had apparently run an article saying that him and Green Goblin were in it together because they both were at uh, the oh, office right. building. And the cop is like, I'll be here to get you when you come out. And he's like, I'm not coming back. I'm not stopping when I come back out. Right. So after he had saved the woman baby, there was another lady screaming in the fire. <laughs> he goes looking for her. Um, and this is like, you get, you get into the room as like the building's falling apart. And you can clearly just see like the shape of like the fucking goblin's helmet under that blanket he's like hiding from and he just starts an unnecessary fight in the middle of a burning building i don't know right so yeah the goblin throws like these weird shuriken or spinning knives at him um that come out of grenades like cool tech uh spidey dodges all of them except for one that like gets him a vertical slash on the outside of his wrist important for later and apparently goblin says no one says no to me and then just disappears and so spider-man leaves right. too. yeah so again like i said just kind of like a pointless fight i wonder if goblin started the fire to lure him there i would maybe. think so yeah I, oh for I, sure I, I could go with that um we then jump ahead to thanksgiving dinner so is this one of your time jumps this is same Jim, day or? as that thing because well as right they go yeah, through dinner cut. his cut yeah, is bleeding through his shirt Right. So I think before this, when we jump to like this time period, though, is like, yeah, like coming up to this house fire, probably the jump yeah. between uh, kissing in the rain with Mary Jane to now. I I feel right. like was a jump. Yep. Um, that Thanksgiving, Norman shows up. He's just like sweating and just looks like shit, you know, and like pretty standoffish. Um, because he's coming from that fucking fire exactly fight as well. You know, we know that. Um. Aunt May is just kind of preparing dinner. Uh, Peter flies into the upstairs, and people, like, hear him. But they're like, oh, I didn't know Peter was home. And he is still in costume, so he has to, like, jump quickly onto the ceiling and hide, and nobody sees him. But a drop of his blood falls from the ceiling and lands on the floor. And Norman, being, like, you know, I guess a superhuman at this point now, can, like, hear it or sense it. Turns around and finds it, looks up at the ceiling, and Peter had already jumped out of the window and was now hiding, like, under the balcony um, where Norman was looking out the window now. Because he knows now something's up. Yeah, I think it's at this point that he's put something together because... Or, well, it's probably when he sees the cut. So, Spider-Man, or Peter, comes around to the front door of the apartment. He's got the cranberries he was supposed to pick up. um, And then Aunt May notices that he's bleeding through his shirt on his wrist there. And, uh... Norman puts this together and very immediately is like, I gotta go. I can't be here. Um, right. And in the hallway starts telling Harry about how much of a gold digger Mary Jane is and about how she's only there for the money. Savage. It was, yeah, it, was it was brutal. <laughs> he did not hold back. Whatsoever. Yeah, he said, your mother was beautiful too. They all are until they're snarling after your trust fund like a pack of ravening wolves. Jesus. Um... Evidently, MJ hears, everyone hears this whole conversation. It must be pretty narrow walls. Um, So as Harry comes back in, MJ kind of leaves and is just pissed. um, Yeah, that she didn't get defended more or whatever. Right, right. Um, It's here where then we get like a quick scene of like the goblin and Norman is how I like to describe it. Uh, 
discussing like hurting him personally now that he realizes it was Peter. Um, and I just put that Defoe is really giving it here. I know I've said that like a 50,000 times, but like if I made a note, it was him just like, cause he was like crawling on the floor. Like, what do we have to do <laughs> to take, how do we do it? Right. You know? Was this the one where he was talking to himself in the mirror? I think. Uh, no, the no mask. I think he's talking to the You're mask right. on the chair at this point. Yeah. So, like, it's just, I don't know, him just, the ability to just express that much, you know, emotion in talking to an inanimate object sitting on the arm of a chair is just pretty impressive. Right. So, <laughs> um, it's at this point that he must come up with the plan to go after Aunt May. So, it's, like, that same evening, I think, right? And she's kneeling by her bed back at her home, um doing her prayers for the night and all of a sudden the entire wall of her bedroom is blown open and also i i love that he is just screaming at her to finish yeah sinister yeah i was gonna write that that was like actually very very sinister of him it was fun that was was gnarly yeah Yeah. so next thing we're at the hospital and may is like screaming um and saying those eyes those horrible yellow eyes so peter now knows the goblin knows who he is Right, he recognizes that. Um, I guess then, you know, he's hanging out at the hospital. Uh, MJ comes to visit. Um, you know, it's here they share, like, a nice scene where she tells him she's, like, in love with Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, yeah she hasn't announced that she's actually in love with him yet. Right, um, but here Peter basically tells her that he's in love without openly coming out and saying it because he's referring to knowing spider-man but then mj asked if he had ever asked about her and he replied with like this soapiest oh yeah fucking mushiest response i've ever heard in a fucking like teen love movie ever (laughs) before that he when she first says that she's in love with spider-man peter just says i understand he is extremely cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah just like a most basic line of all time right so um, after after the soapy comment they hold hands for a moment and harry of course comes in right and just sees it you know nothing that's pretty much it that dude he's getting ends. cucked the whole movie <laughs> well well he, he, he cucked peter first yeah. Not really. Wow. You're not dude, really he, but still this is exactly the words i want you to know pete go talk to her no you go talk to her he did sorry (laughs) like that's the end of the story that's like my god god forbid he talks to a girl he told him to talk to uh i've said it plays out poor harry poor harry the cucking plays out here um in the next scene harry goes home to like weep and basically just tells his father that's it MJ loves Peter <laughs> just because she saw him holding and his hand. Which when his grandma is his see, grandma uh, was aunt, just aunt, in aunt. like or aunt sorry aunt has just been like brutally whatever placed in the hospital and Who gives a and shit. He already lost his uncle, and they've been like neighbors forever. It's not like too horrific for her to like console him at all. You know, huh. like I don't know. I think doesn't, Harry's jumping the gun here. I would it doesn't agree. help his case. He's wearing a turtleneck either. Just no one likes a guy in a neck. But anyway, Norman is very interested to hear this outcome because now he knows that 
he's just got another person of interest, you know, that's closely mm-hmm. linked to Peter Parker that he can go after. Um, There's a really good line here that I like. As, yeah. as he says he's going to go, he says, "Is it this, I wrote it down. I'm going to go, go recti- I'm going to rectify certain iniquities. Beautiful. <laughs> as he's just like embracing yeah. him. It's just like, that ain't creepy at all, dad. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Oh God. Um, sorry. So yeah, so Aunt May and Peter now, share a nice moment in the bed she's kind of awake um push should say she like woke up the whole time peter was talking to mj so she mm-hmm. kind of got a glimpse of what he was saying uh he you know aunt may says well why don't you just tell her yourself you know for real because everybody can already tell that you like her um that line's important because that like snaps something in peter's brain now that you know, if, if everyone can see or know that he's in love with MJ, that just puts her at risk, too. Right. So. Um, so he rushes out to call her, gets voicemail, and partway through him leaving a message, the goblin picks up and says, can Spider-Man come out to play? <laughs> um, I just want to bring up here, I love how her voicemail was a hello. Remember back in the day, you'd just be a fucking Your asshole. Your fucking brother had a really oh, bad one, and it pissed me I, off I know. so much. I know it's it's it it was the worst and it's just hilarious to have like answer your voicemail then like an hour later and have like seven different people saying like hello Robert hello yeah what's up you got you got got you you did but it's annoying as fuck right uh so yeah so after that um you know the goblin answered the phone we see flash ahead to MJ has been kidnapped she kind of wakes up on the I guess it's the top of that bridge. Yeah, a something bridge. I don't know which. Um, yeah, and you can also uh, see that there's like one of those gondolas going by. Um, I don't know where it's going. That's up the to word. Or I couldn't think from. of the word. I just put like cart. Oh, <laughs> I like, couldn't think of the right word. But gondola seems seems right. Yeah. So um, goblin shoots out the motor from the bottom of the gondola thing, and then like detaches the cable from the top. So now he's got a hold on that. Just right. one hand holding it up over this river. <laughs> Super strong, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we get we get the point, but like, good god. Um, so yeah, Spider Man comes flying in, uh, and like Jim said, he sees the Goblin standing up there. He's got the gondola like fucking wire in one hand, and he's holding Mary Jane in the other, and basically gives him an ultimatum that he has to choose between the two as he proceeds to drop them down into the water. Yeah. Towards the water. This is incredibly stereotypical. The you have to choose the woman you love or saving a bus full of children. children. Yeah. Right. To which I don't know if it's refreshing, but he seems to handle it pretty quickly. He just swoops in, snags Mary Jane, and then like in the same whip, you know, kind of flies up and is able to grab the The wire of the the cable of the gondola. So he's got both of them now. Um, as he's just like hanging from a web, um, not sure what his plan is from here. And but I guess other than, yeah, as stereotypical as the whole choice is, the stereotypical response is that somehow the hero saves both, right? Right. So I think this scene or superhero movies in general who have this choice are improved when your hero actually legitimately makes a choice to let one or the other die. I mean, yeah, that's not what they want to show Spider-Man doing so fine that's not what they did but it's a much more interesting decision when they actually make a choice 
So like the Dark Knight. Yeah. When one actually does die. Yeah, exactly. Um, even though. Um, but uh, yeah, you're referencing the with, Batman. Uh, Rachel and Harry, but Batman right? also didn't. Yeah, Batman thought he was going to save Rachel. Yeah, so that that oh, was the so trick. It's... I was like, no, but he only planted yeah. bombs on one of them. But that's not right. He told him the wrong locations, right? To fuck with them even but further. That... Yeah, God, that's a great movie. It is. <laughs> um, previous episode. <laughs> I know. Uh, so yeah, as he's kind of hanging there, uh, the Goblin just basically starts driving by and like harassing him. Um, he tells MJ to climb down the cable. And to, like, get to the cart. Uh, so as she's, like, mid-climb, they get, like, a drive-by. I don't know if he, like, just kind of whooshes past him or shoots at him or something. But she, like, goes flying. She falls, like, 50 feet. Totally <laughs> falls. And then somehow, with her own brute strength, just snags, like, one of the door bars of the cart and just hangs on. Bull. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't think that'd be possible. Um so then she's kind of saved there for now. Uh, he's Spider-Man's still hanging on and getting harassed, but then people on the bridge just come together and start throwing shit at the Goblin to kind of distract him. And like this is kind of fun. yeah, the kinda, city of yeah. the city of New York takes yeah. Well, that's what I said. Goblin. He's like they're embracing Spider-Man as like being part of New York and a New Yorker. So it's uh, like, what I don't understand though is why the Goblin doesn't just blow them all up. You're not wrong. No, he could he could have just turned in, yeah, just totally shot up the bridge, I guess. But he was like, God forbid they're throwing rocks at me. But <laughs> I mean, it was cool. You know, New York tough, whatever. Right. Um, I guess this gives him just enough time. There was a barge moving in below who their goal was to try to get under the cable or under the cart, I guess, so they could just lower it down onto that. So this gave the barge enough time to get down there. Um, at the same time, basically the goblin, like, swoops in and, like, I don't know if Spider-Man's did he's like get caught. He like threw with like a webbing. lariat or something at him. Or, or yeah, did the goblin had something that kind of like caught him and just drug him yeah, along? Yeah, like towed him know. through the air with it. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird. Uh, but anyway, he flies him to like this another just abandoned like brick building that's like you know falling apart. Yeah, so this um, seems to be way out of town. They are flying, but like it's yeah. no longer in the city. It seems. Right. And then from here, like, for the first, like, you know, definitely half of this fight, Spider-Man's just getting his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Smoked. Um, yeah, loses the front getting... half of his mask, which I think is a really yep. solid thing because it, it almost never happens during these fights, even though they're getting their faces this smashed is... into shit. This is a phenomenal scene. Um, like, it's the perfect end of where we haven't gotten like the good fight between them and just like the emotion comes out and it's awesome like the right. punches are so real and like it's all different I, it's great i i, I, love I think it. it's choreographed really well for the technology they had at the time and i mean we haven't talked about it too much but there are definitely some points of really bad cg in this movie that hasn't aged oh well. yeah it's early and so like it's th- weird, that though, takes some like, of the fight out of it because that like think about the unity fair fight at almost all yeah. instances when they're actually like throwing punches, feet are planted. They're like not moving around very much. There's only a couple scenes where uh, Goblin is on the glider because like the very first thing he does is knock him off of it and onto the balloon, right? Which right. Le- ends up on the ground. So it's kind of like they seemed to be very limited by what they could do with their technology. And this scene, finally, again, he's not on the glider. He's knocked on the ground and they can legit throw some punches. Right. 
So, like I said, he was getting his ass kicked, and he gets kind of kicked up against um, one brick wall, and it's like here where the goblin starts going on this typical villain montage about how, like, oh, I was going to give her a quick death, talking about Mary Jane, and now he's like, he's going to take his time and nice and slow, to which Peter gets pretty enraged mm-hmm. and it begins to eventually fight back. Um, kind of pushes him around a bit. Then he grabs, like, with his webbing, this brick wall that's essentially hanging on to nothing and is he able to pull it down with the webs and this injures him pretty bad he throws it like right on top of you know norman laying there on the ground right you get the Um, stereotypical one hand bursting up out of the bricks to crawl out (laughs) right so but this from like here on out it's pretty one-sided he's pretty beat up um he's able to like throw him up against a different wall Mm -hmm. like on this like wooden platform um kind of just repeatedly punching him on uh, Norman then reveals himself to Peter for the first time, um, takes the mask off and like tries to like claim that he's been taken over and he's kind of, you know, not who he really is sort of thing. Like you need to help me. Um, but we kind of then get a shot of him, like going towards his wrist to control. We see he can control the glider, like remotely yeah, and it from, pops like, out this device like, on his wrist knives on the front of it, like, or like foot long swords right almost reminds me of like the predators yeah freaking spear thing that comes out it's what it looks like um so yeah that like that comes like rising up behind and here peter's spider sense doesn't fail him for the sake (laughs) of the movie and he's able to jump out of the way as the thing comes flying in and it impales norman right into the wall i love um well not before he goes oh yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) just a quick oh Um, with his dying breath, Norman says, Peter, don't tell Harry. I Um, like, which he does a really bad job of because, well, the point was, yeah, because he goes and takes Harry or Norman's body to Harry's apartment, but mask off, not in the costume though. Yeah. Norman's not in the costume. So Harry doesn't know, but also goblin, he just didn't want Harry to know that his father was a murderer. And I guess that's fucking stupid. Spider-Man should have told him, like, take the moment to defend yourself. Or, like, again, Spider-Sense fails him. You know, Harry walks in as he's laying down his dad's dead body. So, I mean, from here on out, we we go to the funeral for Norman, and Harry's upset. Uh, He says, I didn't lose my father. He was stolen from me. I swear on my dad's grave that someday Spider-Man will pay. Thank God for you, Peter. You're the only family I have. Mm. Yeah. So this comes back definitely in the third movie too, though. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, but yeah, because Green Goblin's in that too. But this time it's Harry, right? Correct. Right. So his whole like entire arc is basically just to get back at Spider-Man because he he was the last thing he saw with his dead dad. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so yeah, Harry leaves. Then um, we see Peter walk away down and goes and visits his uncle's grave um to which mj comes up to him and is kind of consoling him about his uncle but then here just reveals that he was the one that was always sticking up for her and everything and just drops the l-bomb on him like right away you know yeah and i, I hardly re- oh go ahead i was just gonna say i hardly remember it being that aggressive but it definitely was you know right to the point i think i was a different person 19 years ago when i first saw this movie where like just randomly professing your love to somebody didn't seem that weird but now as a 27 year old guy i'm like ooh, yikes <laughs> yeah right 
it, it's definitely a little aggressive, um, like I said. But you know, here obviously we get like a mono, like a voiceover. Peter would love to be able to tell her the same thing, um, but just based on the recent events, he tells her that he can only be a friend, um, that he'll always be there for her, but he doesn't want to take the risk of getting too attached now that he is Spider-Man. Wuss. Yeah, <laughs> he he finally says something. He says. Or she says, only a friend, Peter Parker. And he says, that's all I have to give. He walks mm. away and she cries. And but she, she like, then has a realization. Motions to her lips. Like she like she remembers she the kiss. She kind of like touches her lips because like like she kisses him there at that scene at the graveyard. But yeah, maybe she recognized the smooch from the rain. Yeah, that makes way more sense because I'm like, did he say that line once before? Like, is that why she recognizes him? Whatever. Uh-huh. Right. I, but other than that, it didn't yeah. quite make sense. But we end yeah. with a short little montage, um, and with a voiceover, and he says, "With great power comes great responsibility. This is my gift, my curse. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man." Well, and then not to forget, we end with a little bit of Nickelback in the credits. <laughs> I was Love blown. It. I was taken back by that. Cassie was like, "You didn't remember this," and I'm like, "No, I, I certainly did not." And it was a nice little, <laughs> nice, nice little treat for me. Yeah, nice treat yeah. for Scotty boy. Yep. And no post credit scene. Uh, so that? was this before um, Marvel started doing them? Yes, it was. Um, okay. Because what this was 2002, and I think the first one they did was with Iron Man, which was 08. Oh, eight. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, they had a couple movies in between here because after this, I think Daredevil came after, and they also did Elektra and obviously two more Spider-Man movies. Um, right. So I mean, I'm struggling to remember if there were any others in the intervening years, but like apparently, none of them had post. I guess scenes. I guess Hulk. Was there one or two Hulk movies too? Yeah, and Hulk technically I think came out after, at least the second one came out after Iron Man. Oh. So that one probably had one, but I don't know about the first Hulk movie. Right, right. Well, all right, boys. What were your scores? I guess, Jim. Let's start with you. Yeah, because I get Scott and I have the same vibe. I, I'm hmm. coming in a little low here. I give it a five. Um, I I don't think the CG ages Scott's well. Face. The script is a little bit ridiculous at multiple points. Um, I I think Willem Dafoe is, and uh. Uh, J.K. Simmons, that's his name. I was going to say J. Jonah Jameson. Um, are the best actors in it, but like when, when your best actor is not the main character, I mean, that's a pretty bad showing, right? You, you both look so upset with me right now. I'm very mad. <laughs> I love this movie. I, I mean, I, that's, again, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy watching this movie and I didn't have fun, but I don't think it aged very well. If I may bring you back, um, did you give Spider-Man and Transformers the same score? Uh, Transformers. Yeah, I did. I did. I mean, what are we talking about here? I think they're equivalent movies. Oh, Jim. Oh. This is why we have go... them. This is why we have I mean, them on the pod, Scott, to bring I guess us back I'll go... down to earth a little bit. I guess I'll yeah, go next. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, Tell me how wrong I am. So... Here's why you're wrong, Jim. Um, I couldn't believe this movie was 19 years old. Like, that was kind of a little bit of a shock when I started watching. I'm like, fuck, this was... I mean, shit, we watched this when we were seven years mm -hmm. old. Um, and I was just 
genuinely impressed how fun it held up. Um, I think that Toby is somewhat underrated. I don't think he's that bad. Like, I, I think that somehow Andrew Garfield was considered more fun somehow, and I think that's bullshit, personally. Um, I think Toby got a little bit of a bad rep because, you know, he didn't, I don't know, I just don't think he was that bad. I think he bad. got a bad but rep after def- number three, specifically. Well, fair enough, fair enough. Like, and that's the problem is I think sometimes people hold on to that number three performance and dock one and two for it. But I think this first movie, I mean, first of all, Uncle Ben dying incredibly emotional. Like that, it, it that is such a heart tear in in the in the beginning of the movie, and and then him like the fact that he let the killer go, you know, it's just they do it so well in my opinion. And then the rivalry between Harry, Peter, and Norman, phenomenal. So my score is a nine out of ten. Jim Cassie also gave it a nine. Did out she of 10. really? Wow. I asked her score. I don't. I mean, don't take much into that, but. Anyway, um, it's a great movie, and 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 it's a travesty to give this a five out of ten. <laughs> travesty, and and I, it's fine. Like I get it. Like some of the masks were bad. Like whatever. It's two thousand two, nineteen year old. But movie. I, I don't grade so, on a curve. I know, I know, but apparently Shia LaBeouf and Tobey Maguire are on the same level. That is you. not what I said. I said Transformers and Spider Man were on the same level. Mm. Because we all know Shia okay. is miles above Toby. I agree. All right, Anthony. Uh, yeah, I'll just come out right away. I gave it a nine, also, Scott. Um, this is my favorite origin story for a superhero movie. The I think this is the be- the one they they did the best. Um, like Jim and I talked about, they like it's almost two movies. The first hour is essentially him just being coming Spider Man. And yes, some parts of Toby's, you know, conversations can be a little cringeworthy, but I feel like the like the awkwardness kind of makes the character in a way. Like maybe you could have someone you could have had someone younger possibly do it better. Um but I don't know. I just I feel like that just wa- rounded it all up into a good origin story. So like that's how I'm looking at it. Um and him just becoming Spider-Man then from here on out like like number two is obviously a great one um but i think for sure this is definitely my favorite superhero origin movie that they've done and i'd probably say toby is my favorite of the spider-man um not based on like how he finished it but just like the overall like between one and two especially uh yeah i don't know i love this movie like i said i hadn't seen it in forever so i i loved going back to rewatch it um yeah, sorry, Jim. A little bit of an island. It's but... okay. It's not I'm like he, okay it's not like he hated it, Scott. Opinion. He gave it a f- and like I said, yeah, he gave it a five. The score does not mean That's I bad. didn't enjoy it. It yeah, just man. means that maybe it's not the best made movie on the face of the planet. Um, well, and part of me wondered with the I text just... we were getting from Scott last night whether or not we were going to see a notorious Scott ten. I know it's not a ten. Okay, <laughs> I just I think it's a very, like Anthony said the origin story one of the best i think so one of the best and one of the first ones we've seen other than maybe x-men but that's not that's there's so many it's not one character in those movies you know right what did this movie do for for superhero movies a fucking lot yeah okay like without this i I mean marvel is lesser for sure i mean but there had been at least like three batman movies at this point right like that all did origin none of them were good None of them were good. What? There was eighty nine. 
there was the 67 one which was in my opinion the best one with adam west fucking love that one but again though like how much do those tackle like you know the young bruce wayne and like the death of his parents with with the 1967 one i don't think they showed at all but with almost all the others you always at least get some sort of montage of you know something you know and i mean there were the tim burton ones that were weird and quirky in their own way and you're looking at different decades there too right like yeah one or two decades earlier than this movie even so i mean it's hard to compare but you know it's it's not the first ever superhero origin uh but i can see an argument for it being one of the better ones for sure and yeah those movies certainly started the argument of like do we always need to see uh tom and martha wayne die every single time right that's fair but i just think like how they did it you know like you know and that's just to beat a dead horse here but like you know the basically like the first hour is just an all all set up mm-hmm. and then when they finally meet at the unity fair you know it, it basically becomes then you know the the action movie it was meant yeah, to he's be hit so his i don't know I, at that point right right i just really like how they did it and i i don't know i thought it was pretty good we can have different opinions i'm glad you guys really enjoyed it and think it's a great movie that's the point yeah that is the point 100 <laughs> percent all right, Scotty Nepa, what do we got coming up? Um, <laughs> do you remember? Put me on this spot right now. Okay, episode forty is going to be Adam's with back. Adam. Yep. I don't. It's know. Hunt for the Wilder People. This is apparently Hunt available to stream on Netflix and Hulu right now. Super excited, actually. It looks really good. Is this a newer movie? Uh, within the last five years, so- I think. Somewhat, okay. yeah. Okay. But All right. It's supposed right. to be really good. So yeah, it comes highly recommended. Yeah, by Adam. I'm excited. And I, the people. I tr- so I trust his opinion. Um, so getting excited about that. Um, How many times have we had all four of us on the pod? Not many, because normally he's Twice. filling in. Twice. Yep. So Hunt for the Wilderness was like 2016. To... So yeah. I would. I would also just like to say, he's not filling in. Um, he's probably better than me, and I just want to make that clear for him because as he's listening, um, I, I remember last week I, I sent him a text, can you fill in one last time, and Adam responded, well, fuck me then. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, like he's I not going to ever I apologize. Text exchange. I, I apologize, Adam. Um, uh, things have been on my mind, <laughs> so I apologize. But... Uh, Jim, tell the people where they can Well, before we go to that, episode 41 is going to be Luca on Disney+. Jeez, I'm That's the new Pixar movie. It looks pretty sweet, um, and we'll have a review of it. But like Scott said, you can follow us on Twitter at weave underscore scene underscore that. Like us on Facebook or email us at seenthatpodcast at gmail.com. That's S-C-E-N-E, that podcast at gmail.com. Well, thank you for listening to episode 39 next week number 40 boys as anthony says every episode is a milestone but this one's a little bit special so um with that being said thanks for listening i'm scott i'm anthony and i'm jim and roll credits